He's kind of small. He's kind of tall. Dun dun dun. Podcast. Fucking a. He's a big guy. Which is badass. Fuck it. Yeah. Oh yeah, the sex stuff. It's, it's huge. Kill me. Ah, yeah. oh, fuck you, Hulk Hogan. Pick up one person and just beat the fuck out of another person with that person. Hey, welcome back to People Time Podcast. Fucking dabblers. Yeah, we got our dabblers in here. We got thousands of listeners now. God, you guys are great. We're up to millions, I believe. Right, yeah, I think we're getting, we're getting pretty up there. Fuck. Yeah, way. Like, I've been I've memorized everybody's names. Which is insane. That's, that's got to take a lot of time. Yeah, well, I wanted to, I wanted to jerk off to everybody, but cool. it was too many, so you all got one stroke. Some of you, a couple strokes, depending on how sexy your name is. Nice. Yeah, if you got a name like uh, Veronica, Timothy... Really gets me going. Hank. Oh, Hank. Yeah. In fact, when the page hints Hank, we're done for the night. <laughs> I see Hank as pow. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show. The uh, fucking program. Oh, yeah, that's right. The program. Thank program. you. Program. Welcome to the program. The program. Uh, yeah. Hey, if you haven't done it yet, you might as well hit subscribe and yeah. like and all that stuff right now so you can not miss out on the future episodes. Like Honestly, have the mental image. Yeah. So, honestly, if you click like, your name is now on a list that I can see, and yeah, your name and me are in the garage. Yeah. Or the basement or the... As soon as we're done with this recording, that's what I'm going to run home and do. Park. Sometimes I'm in the park. <laughs> what... I like to do it in the park because what turns me on is being around people walking their dogs. That's that's it. The don't dogs. Take it, yeah, don't take it the wrong way. I'm not turned on by dogs. I like to know that the dogs don't know that I'm there. Jerking off. I'm taking it the wrong way, but that's okay. In a bush. Trying to make eye contact with him. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. <laughs> and I don't want the owner to know. So the dog can know, but the dog doesn't know what's happening, and the owner can't know I'm there at all. And that's why it gets me. That's me, complex. And then I have a little scrap of paper that just says Hank on it. That's a f- <laughs> <laughs> That's one hell of a fetish. Fuck. Yeah, that's all that works now. Well, welcome to the program. Uh, we can get into the uh, fun fact of the day if you'd like. Oh, no, wait, wait. I'm going too quickly. Doot, 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 doot. We went too fast. <laughs> I, uh, Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, before we hit record, we were bitching about Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And, um, how we fucking hate it. Yeah, so if you are a, uh, a person who doesn't like it and you have a significant other mm-hmm. that, uh, forces you to watch it, we can feel for you. Because, That's, yeah. First of all, Rory is shit. Let's just be. Let's start there. She's a How, shitty person. She's painted as intellectual, kind of saintly. Maybe not saintly, but yeah, innocent. Yeah, and is none of those things. She's kind of a dick to everybody. She's, I mean, bad things happen to her, fine, but she's she's an asshole. Yeah, she's just a bitch. Her mom's cool. I like. What's her name? Mom. It's the same name. Rory is the younger one. Lorelai is the older one. But Lorelai. Rory's supposed to be. I, I don't know. I shouldn't know all this shit. <laughs> See, you do watch the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I should remember Lorelai from the, the Sticks song, which I believe is based off of the character. Lorelai, let's kill more girls together. Oh, yeah, you're right. That is it. That's got to be it. That makes mm-hmm. sense. It's the original lyric. Yeah. Dennis DeYoung is a big fan. He doesn't think Rory's a bitch. No. Well... But nobody Look, liked Dennis T. Young, so... 
Whoa. Yeah, no one in the band. No, that's definitely true. <laughs> he seems like a kind of hard guy to be around. He was supposed to be controlling. He wanted to do things his way and so did everybody else. I well, I, th- I watched a documentary where he was talking about their success and he was, you know, humble bragging like, well, you know, I didn't even want to be in a band. It wasn't really my goal. I wanted to be a school teacher. And then once I got a band, I wrote some of the greatest pop songs of all time. And the thing is, <laughs> they didn't appreciate that. They didn't want to be around that. So yeah. they pushed me out. I'm like, okay, Dennis. Yeah. I like your shit, but greatest of all time. Hey, relax, buddy. He was on Broadway and shit, too, though, wasn't he? Yeah, but nobody saw that shit. Yeah, I didn't. But Caught in the act, though. He does not think... Like, I, I, I love a bitch character. I like a lot of bitches. So I you really, love Rory? That's the thing. I don't. I don't like her. She's what? snobby. Hmm. She's just... She's not fun to me. Anyways, just for Dry. anyone who does listen to or watch um, Gilmore Girls... It should have been Jess, and you fucking know it. That's all I'm going to say on it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm done. You feel good? Spoke, no. Spoke your piece? No, because they fucked it up. I didn't <laughs> like the show, and I hated how it ended, because I was like, so I'm supposed to be fucking Jess. <laughs> Who the fuck wrote this? Let's see if it makes sense. You brought it back to Netflix. Ah, I can't even do it. I can't even do it. Shouldn't be this involved. It's too late now. I, I've seen the goddamn show so many times now because of my wife. Wives wrap their whatever they're interested in around you, and then you're in it now. Ah, there's some listener being like, why don't you just walk away from it? I can't just walk away. It's time spending with your significant other. Yeah. Person who said that. Dick. Who's alone. Hank, send me your email. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, People Time Podcast. This is Peter from Velosa Podcast, and I recently listened to the episode on Socrates. It was very enlightening. I did notice that you mentioned, as in the movie 300... The Spartans used to take, let's say, irregularly shaped babies or babies with some sort of malformity and dispose of them unceremoniously. So I would like to know how you at People Time Podcast feel hundreds and hundreds of years later, knowing that you have fallen victim to Athenian propaganda because the Spartans never partook in this practice. This was a vicious lie created by Athens to try to make them look bad. And it seems that the saddest part is that it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't speak to the propaganda aspect. Uh, I don't know where the research comes for that. You could enlighten me on that if you felt like it. <laughs> you bitter. <laughs> not, not bitter. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd believe that it was propaganda, at least the cliff-thrown shit, which I don't think there's any historical evidence of. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's anything that points that there's been... Archaeologists haven't found anything of no. that nature. It seems like a, yeah, like a movie thing, like from 300 and shit. Yeah, Hollywood. But what I did find is that uh, that shit did happen. I don't think that unceremoniously off a cliff. I think that is exaggerated and hyperbolic. But I think what did happen was they call it just exposure. If you didn't want your fucking kid, couldn't take care of him, or you didn't like his goddamn face, you just... Yeah, it could have been for any reason, right? It wouldn't it wasn't necessarily just, oh, this doesn't look like a strong baby or yeah. you know, they have some sort of issue. Um instead they're just like, Oh, it's a girl? Um go and put it outside. Gross. And just let the uh elements handle that. Gross. Which Gross. is sad. But uh Well, and I think what needs to be taken away is, you know, when you think of ancient Greece or like maybe even the Renaissance, it seems like this beautiful, enlightening time, but yeah, it's fucking war and disease and pretty horrific in modern standards. So, I think you know you have too many kids you can't take care of, or you have a girl and she can't fight, 
or you have a kid who's born with a weird arm or some shit. You're like, well, that's not going to help me. Yeah, well, I think it was like what we were finding was that it was up to the father's discretion. So it wasn't necessarily that they did it every time. It was a scenario of the dad being like, oh, that's what the baby is yeah. going to end up being. Okay, so let's just not deal with that. It could even been like there was too many kids and they had another one. It wasn't anything was wrong with the baby. There's like, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to take care of another one, so uh, expose it. I think that's... I think that was a standard Greek practice for well, both, for everybody over there. What was that note you found, that letter? It was like a 1 BC. Oh, I found some letter a guy wrote to his wife in 1 BC where he said, if you have a son, then keep it. And if you have a girl, expose it. And like, and that's just what, that's all it says. <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds so casual. Like, yeah, like, okay, if it's, eh. if it's a girl, go ahead and put it out and I'll be bringing bread home later for dinner. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, I love you. See ya. Really, what we're talking about here is just late, Late term abortion, which hey, oh Jesus, nah, I think we should reestablish it. But I mean, like late, late, like he gets into the eighth grade, and you're like, ah, you know what, this he's guy's... not gonna amount to much. Let's expose him. Leave him outside. Yeah, there are certain, you know, older politician types I'd like to expose too myself. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Expose them. You know. I'm glad Peter said something. This is fun. I like the topic, and 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 maybe there was some propaganda involved as well. Um, that sure, sure. stated that to try to you know. I'd buy it. Yeah, I didn't see any resources for it. Hey, send it over to us. Yeah, we love learning. If People you, time. If you got some, and uh, any other critiques you have, send them over, and I will uh, expose them. <laughs> You're bitter. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not bitter. I'm fine. I'm, you're bitter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, Peter. We appreciate the question and uh, and the information. We always like to learn more. Hello. And make sure you check out Velosa Podcast. Mm-hmm. Kill them babies. That's I, that's people time stance. I think that's where Veloci Podcast is at. I mean. Well, maybe not. Yeah. I don't want to speak for Peter. <laughs> but we like Veloci Podcast. He's got a great show. Um, go check out his podcast. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And, you know... And you can call him out. He actually likes that kind of stuff. So if you go on and you hear him say some stuff that you disagree with, um, he actually invites people to, like, yeah, let me know. And he likes to discuss it. Let him know. You want a late-term abortion him. See what he has to say about it. (laughs) I'm not saying it. You said it. Well, let's get to the fun fact of the day, yeah? Yeah. That's that's all the fun fact of the day. Reel it back in. I'm sorry. No, bring it. Go on top. Well, the fun fact of the day, we've actually talked a little bit about this in a previous um, episode. I don't remember which one. So I don't remember either, so you figure it out. I don't know. Well, we talked about Al Gore and his famous uh, quote of saying that he invented the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually took a look into this because we wanted to know why he thought this, why yeah. he said this. Where does it come from? Turns out he did not say it. That's he, right. He didn't say that he... he- that he invented the internet. He did not say it. In any capacity. Nope. So what ended up actually happening was he got asked a question, um, and he answers it, and the political parties that were involved at the time were trying to make him look like an idiot, you know, the ones that he was going up against. Mm-hmm. So they kind of cut and snippet what his question and answer was and made it seem like he was alluding that he invented the internet. Um, mm. However, he never said it and never was stated saying anything close to it what ended up actually happening was somebody said a question to him saying like hey what makes you better than your you know the people you're competing against and he's like been, i guess like george bush maybe at the time when he's running or something yeah i guess i don't know i'm not sure yeah but he answered back just basically saying that he was trying to progress just constantly was always trying to put 
things forward that would help the economy. Yeah. And the internet got brought up, but he was not ever saying like, yes, I helped create this. He was like, yeah, anything that was going to help get the economy uh, in a better shape. Mm. If the bill came in, I was passing it. So if it was money or jobs, you know, internet, anything that was going to be. And so it gets brought up, but it's really loose how he meant it. He did not ever and- try to take claim of... Like, I helped the internet become a thing. Yeah. So that meme of Al Gore invented the internet is based on zero. Like, he never said the words invent. No, he did not say it. Invent. Yeah. All right, Al Gore. Yeah. That's some inconvenient truth for you right there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure the internet is what we all assume it is, like some kind of military project that... Yeah. As a senator, he was just like, Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. We'll push it through, you know, if it seems helpful to, cool, let's do it. And politicians get away with some dumb shit cuz all he did was not say no. Like, yeah. Can I go to a job interview and just talk about all the times I didn't say no to things that worked out? <laughs> yeah. Like I Okay, so me and some buddies we were having some beers. Yeah. We ran out of beers. I'd had too many beers and I didn't say no to going to the store and getting some beers. And I got beers. Done. Should I have been driving? I don't know. Don't ask me that question. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we got drunker <laughs> and everything went tops. So um, let's talk compensation. Boss? Future boss? And they're like, hired. Yeah, that's every job I've ever had. And huh. I'm like, and I'm not cutting my beard. <laughs> yeah. Or wearing a tie. <laughs> no, I'm not wearing a tie. Yeah. Yeah. Either. I've only ever worn ties for very special occasions. Yeah, I try not to. Weddings, funerals, job interview, and sex stuff. Well, I have sex stuff. Yeah, that's all I've ever done. Well, um, D Boone lives. What's your name? Uh, Spoonie Bard. Spoonie Bard. Yeah, I'm Spoonie Bard. <laughs> I was so happy that you had that loaded. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I always have to like. Oh, hey, hey, what, what's your right. name? You're all right. So I'm actually the one now who I. Wrote it down and I forgot. Oh, I'm sorry. You're good. My name is Zach the Ballroom Blitz Morgan. That's a good name. Yeah. It's long, but it's nice. Well, we're doing Andre the Giant, Mm -hmm. uh, which is his wrestling name. So I put my name into a wrestling name generator on the internet. (laughs) And that's what spit out? Yeah. My name is not close to any of those things. (laughs) But I'm Zach the Ballroom's Blitz Morgan. I like this ballroom in there. Like, kind of sounds a little elegant. Yeah, Zach the Ballroom Blitz Morgan would wear a dress, mm-hmm. um, carry a disco ball, hit people with it, sunglasses, I and, and like bleached hair. Yeah, Blitz, of course. Yeah, and then that song would play, and I would come out, and my whole thing would be like, look, I don't even want to fight, I just want to dance. And the crowd would fucking hate that, so <laughs> it wouldn't be very tough, but yeah. I'd be jacked underneath. Yeah. And, uh Yeah. I'd have a tag team with Mankind. Oh, of course. Who else? Yeah. Yeah. And then we'd lose to the Dudley Brothers. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of that. Yeah. That's the end of Zach Morgan. Well, shit. What do you know about our dear Andre the Giant? Oh, I did want to say, the reason I'm doing Andre is because recently we've been doing some very big, heavy episodes. Yeah. Who's bigger and heavier than this shit? Bam. Yeah. If you put Martin Luther King Jr. next to Andre the Giant, who's bigger? Who's heavier? Nice. It's Andre, I would say. (laughs) Who could help history? (laughs) Who's bigger? I want to know how many people we could put together to then build up a... 
to become Andre? To have this the size and, and weight of Andre. I think a regular dude's like two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So He's all, a big guy. Andre. All the big ones we've done recently, all three of them smashed together. And then we got an Andre. Yeah. Just this weird creature that's like oh, <laughs> civil rights. Who did this to us? Kill what is wrong with us? Kill me. <laughs> Kill me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that much about Andre, so the little I do know is he's a wrestler, I knew that, mm-hmm. and he's in one of the greatest films ever created, um, Princess Bride. Big Giant, oh, I was, yeah. I was thinking Iron Giant. It's the cutest film I've ever watched. It is very, yeah, cute's the right word. I, I haven't yeah. seen it in several years, but a lot of it's either. burned into my mind from my from my childhood, and I don't know how big it is in the rest of... The world, because when I was growing up, even then, I felt like it was kind of a Mormon thing. <laughs> Maybe so. It feels very Mormony. It does. Yeah. Weird. So like wanna... the buttercream gang or whatever that was. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm pulled a wild one on my the brain. Bu- the buttercream. Have you ever seen that shit? <laughs> Nobody has. Nobody yeah. has. You have to be I've only Mormon. I've seen it, but it's not Mormony. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not Mormony? No, not the one I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> Different website. Yeah, no, Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't. I mean, yeah, it's just the, you know, the cutesiness and the jokes. There's no swearing. There's no overt violence. Yeah. Even when I was growing up, I thought, this is a Mormon movie. It It wasn't until I was older that I realized that it's actually... uh, Huge. Huge. Like a big... Yeah. It's got a big cult following. Well, it's fucking Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal. Andre the Giant, who was... Sandy... Awesome. Tinkin, I think is his name. Yeah, and Andre... Yeah. Yeah, it does have a lot of big names. Andre's the man. I'm fucking psyched to talk about wrestling. All right. Well, I don't know anything about him, so let's do it. Well, I am so excited. I'm fucking hulking up, dude. Just... Uh, I feel you, brother. I feel you, brother. I can't do this voice, though, so it just sounded very... Hey well, there, brother. Andre said boss. Oh. Called everybody boss. Hey there, boss. Or boss. I can't do an Andre impression. Anybody want a peanut? That's pretty good. I can't do it either. You got to get word on our bar. <laughs> and then you have to try forcing a French accent somehow. Yeah, I can't do either of those things. Well, I uh, I grew up watching wrestling just because every most... Apparently not you. You were telling me earlier you didn't know when you were growing up. I was Mormon and I was too violent. <laughs> I was yeah. watching Princess Bride. <laughs> my, <laughs> my parents were less discerning. And yeah, we watched... Uh, so my mom used to work nights, and my dad is like me. You know, if if you put kids around me, I'd, we they would get fed. Everybody's safe, but yeah, we're gonna watch horror movies. Yeah, I'm gonna swear, and we're gonna watch basketball and wrestling. That's, that's awesome. That's, Probably gonna wrestle yourselves. I remember your brothers throwing one of your other brothers through a wall once. Oh my god, my brothers and I used to beat the shit out of each other, yeah. and it's not because we watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say sometimes it was for fun while doing wrestling like things, and other times it was until you got pissed off. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. Uh, Slap my little brother's head into a concrete floor once. <laughs> and that is one of the few things I remember where I'm like, oh, that was a shitty thing to do. <laughs> I don't feel good about how I treat my brother in a lot of ways. But, yeah. Yeah, kids. kids. It's not great. <laughs> I'm kind of an asshole, too. You add that in there. <laughs> well, we grew up, uh, my brothers and I, with uh, those wrestling dolls, which you can you can YouTube the commercial, but they were like, the stretchy ones? No, they were like a doll, but the arms stuck out. Yeah. So that you could put them into wrestling moves. Oh well, yeah, I remember those. And we had uh, we had a Hulk Hogan. We had a, a uh, what's his name? Rowdy Roddy Piper. I think we had Jake the Snake. 
Yeah. Yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage, and we just threw the shit out of him around the room. Yeah. Beat the. I mean, I elbowed Hulk in the face, (laughs) untold amounts of times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm very. I'm very excited. Well, I was gonna say the last time I've actually like watched wrestling was a long time ago. It was way back when like Kurt Angle was new. I don't even know who that is. He was like an actual Olympian who joined the WWF. So this is why we're talking about like a decade ago, two decades? 90s, I think. Goldberg was still around. Kane. Oh, yeah. I remember Kane. Yeah. Like, he hadn't taken his mask off yet. And, like, Mankind was a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Mankind is my dude. He's like three people, too. Oh, what else was he? We got uh, Dude Love. Dude Love, Mankind, and Ranch. Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack. And then he would also come out as Mick Foley sometimes. Yeah. We have four. I watched a documentary that he plays a big part in. Um, it's just about wrestling, but he plays a big part in it. He's in, like, a very calm, nice dad. That's weird. No, it's not what I saw. Especially mankind. Yeah. He did not like his kids to see the violence and then did it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, wrestlers, man. Well, from Grenoble in the French Alps... 520 pounds, 7 foot 5, the 8th wonder of the world, Andre the Giant! So wait, when was he born? Uh, He was born in 1946, uh, May of 1946, May 19th. 1946, so we're coming out of the World War II. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's about to end. France is not in good shape. France is not in good shape. That's where he's born. Mm-hmm. He was born. Good so news is he probably doesn't have polio and won't get it because soon enough, dun, dun, dun. the vaccine will be out from Jack or from uh, Jonas Silk. Then again, he had. I mean, he was he was large. Yeah, larger than average. Maybe it was the vaccine that gave it to him. That's what Jenny McCarthy told me. Hmm. She told me that um, <laughs> it does bad stuff. Right. Jesus. <laughs> Maybe that's what she was talking about. Well, so his uh, his official intro was that he was from Grenoble, France. I don't know why they changed. They just changed it because uh, Grenoble is like a recognizable name because I think the Olympics happened there at some point right. way back. I don't know. It was, an, it was a people knew with that, but he's not from Grenoble. He's actually from a much smaller, tiny little farming village called Molien mm-hmm. to uh, Boris and Marion. And Rusimov. So his name is Andre Rene Rusimov. Oh, now, did he was he born like already kind of a larger child? Or Actually, was he, no, no. Uh, well, maybe a tiny bit bigger, um, but not but anything like too crazy. I don't like, think he, he wasn't born with the giantism. Right. Um, his type of giantism, which we can get into, you're not born with technically usually. But he was born uh, 11 pounds. That's pretty big. It's bigger than average for a baby. Yeah. Not, not right. crazy, right? but bigger than average. He didn't come out I'm sure like, his mother disagrees. He was like, I would have gotten one of those eight-pound babies, man. Yeah, she wishes. <laughs> well, it, he came out, turned right to his mom, was like, er, ball. <laughs> She's like, this is not going to go regular. <laughs> well, they're working on a family farm. He's got four siblings. Um, his cute little sister could not pronounce Andre, so she called him Dee Dee. Oh, that's cute. So they called him Dee Dee up until he was a little bit older. Uh, it was not until he was six that he started showing signs that he was bigger than his peers. Right. Um, his face started to get a little bigger. His hands started to get a little bigger. You know, they couldn't get close to fit him. 
Um, but because he's working on a farm, his family was just like, awesome. Oh, this is perfect. We just nailed a jackpot. Lift more hay. And he's like, I want to go play. I'm doing more than everybody else. <laughs> You're Get- six. Get back in there. Yes, boss. <laughs> well, uh, Andre, uh, it, it's difficult to tell what's real and what's not real with Andre because he embraced his own mythology. Which is badass. Fuck it. Yeah. I think that's what I would do. That's cool as shit. And um, there's, there's a thing in wrestling called uh, KFAB. KFAB in wrestling is, like, we all know wrestling's fake. Yeah. But Wait, what? Sorry. Shoot. I, I don't want to break it to you. This is how I'm finding out. So, you know, like when The Rock does the people's elbow? Uh, yeah, it's the greatest. He, he power slam. Oh, my God. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt him at all. But it's, it's like it's like an elbow, and it doesn't really even doesn't even make contact. I feel. Oh my god, I hate you. We're gonna pause for um. Sorry, what's your name? Spoonie Bard. Spoonie, you're, you're such Spoonie, a dick. <laughs> Spoonie Bard to process this. I can't believe it. <laughs> I've ruined everything. <laughs> well, KFAB is never breaking that uh, that veneer of this is real. Okay. And Andre actually kept that up, like. People would ask him in bars, like, come on, man, you, you know, you didn't really let so-and-so beat you. And he's like, no, man, he beat me. You know, like. That's cool. He just, yeah, he just kept it up. Yeah, well, it's fun for the fans, I'm sure. Exactly, yeah. And to extend that, he told tall tales about his life. And so there are documentaries now that have his uh, siblings in it where the sober truth is is the case now. But a few of those types of things is that he would tell people that his father told him that his father, so Andre's grandfather, was over seven feet tall. Yeah. But... So giantism was a thing that ran the family. So yeah, you're growing big, but it's normal. Uh, according to his brother, he's like, that's... My grandfather was normal. Everybody around him, right? It was just him? Yeah. 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 He just... It's not... A, what he had is not genetic. Right. Yeah. So he. that's one thing he made up. Another thing that he said, so this is half true, half not true. Do you know the uh, author Samuel Beckett? No. Who's he? So he he well he's mostly like a playwright. He wrote uh, "Waiting for Godot." It's an existentialism um, play about two guys who are waiting for a character named Godot. I got an American education. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I'm not gonna go into existentialism, but uh, it's a play where two guys are waiting for a guy named Godot, and he never shows up. Yeah, and that. It's like existentialism, like you're waiting for something that never happens. You need to make your own life happen. It's actually kind of hilarious. One guy gets so sick of waiting, he tries to hang himself with his own belt, and the belt breaks and his pants fall off. (laughs) I I like waiting for Godot. Anyway, Samuel Beckett wrote that, and Samuel Beckett lived in France back at the time. And he was actually like a neighbor there. like two houses down. And Andre would tell people that as a kid he was so big that he had to get personal rides to school from Samuel Beckett because he had a big truck. He That's would, cool. Yeah, that he would get rides. And there's actually a movie based on this anecdote where, like, poor young Andre can't have friends and he's too big and this wise old author is helping him through it. None of that happened. Yeah. His brother was like, yeah, Samuel Beckett lived down the street. It was, our school was walking distance from the house. <laughs> Sometimes he would he would give kids a ride because he did have a bigger car, but it wasn't like a scenario where Andre... Like, had to have... No. Yeah. He didn't have to. He was like, at that time, he was a little bigger, but... It's like, I think he might have given him one ride, and then all of a sudden, this weird thing came out of this. And all of a sudden, Andre stop, wouldn't stop telling the story. <laughs> like, I know Samuel Berger. <laughs> and I'm sorry about my Andre impression. I can't... I can't <laughs> go... Pretty, yeah. I can't go deep enough. Yeah, it's hard. Um, 
Well, by 10 or 11, his jaw and his forehead are getting even huger. He is six foot three, 200 pounds by 12. Wow, 12 years old. Yeah, he's over six foot. So he's, way, he's taller than I am for sure right now. Yeah, and I'm full grown. My my only reference for that is um, I mean, yeah, you're pretty tall. You're a good reference for that. Six foot is what I am. I, yeah, but I didn't hit six feet until high school, like late high school. Probably like your last growth spurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hit like four foot two on my last growth spurt. I'm just like, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm so big now. So you're just going to lie and say that it's a lot higher than you are, huh? Yeah. I just want everyone to That's have a picture t- of you and be like, how short is he, though? Wouldn't it be really? funny, like, <laughs> somebody over six foot, somebody under four, <laughs> have a podcast what and we don't ever mention that? <laughs> until, what, until we do Andre the Giants. <laughs> just for comparison. I feel like there should be like a little jingle and song be like, he's kind of small, he's kind of tall, dun, 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 <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We gotta keep that. <laughs> well, uh, he's so yeah, he's huge. I mean, my only reference is you know I'm a big NBA guy. Six foot three is like a general size for like a point guard, like your yeah. smaller sized NBA player. So fucking huge. Yeah. If you ever seen an NBA player in, in person, your mind goes a little bit weird for a second. You're like, that's a human being. Yeah. Yeah. So he's by twelve. He's already at the point where people are like, that's not. You're not normal. That's got to be fun, though. I, um, I don't know. Did he have troubles at, at a young age for being this big? Did it cause you know any issues mm, with s- social... Nothing came up. Okay, I was going to say, because I would think that'd be badass. If you're a 12-year-old and you're that big, it's got to be fun. I think, he, I mean, yeah. In I mean, some ways. You'd be kicking ass at sports. Yeah. And, you know, kids like attention. So yeah. he, he was probably digging that. It, it, well, positive attention. Yeah. I didn't like the attention I got, because I was just thrown in lockers and put upside down into garbage cans but that wasn't happening he was doing the, he was delivering <laughs> he was the bullying people like you <laughs> exactly come here short stuff god damn it andre <laughs> this is why i drink <laughs> well his mom uh is quoted as not being too worried about it yeah yeah i don't know maybe she thought awesome go back go work on the farm yeah you have you are huge yeah. the dude is definitely eating his wheaties well Another tall tale that he told that actually I'm from the research I did I think is actually true. Around this time he noticed that his giantism was also affecting his dick, like his penis. For real? And it grew faster than the rest of his body to the point where it gained consciousness. <laughs> and it was his best friend from then on out for the rest of his oh, life. Oh, is it did his best friend have a name? Uh he just called him Dicky. Of course. He wasn't very creative in that <laughs> realm. And Dickie would just hang on his pants and be like, Hey, Andre, let's get a drink. Huh? Oh, good boss. <laughs> That's his whole life. Hey, Andre, I think we should wrestle. All right, boss. Who won? I think everybody wins. Everybody wins when you wrestle Dickie. <laughs> Dickie gets a little beat up, but he's into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he played soccer and rugby in school. He was mostly a goalie. Uh, guys in the gym were like, fuck, you're huge. You should learn to wrestle. And he's like, all right. So he did that. Yeah. That's where he started picking that up. Well, there are many sources who will say that he dropped out at the age of 11. Um, his, which I guess is just one of those things where like, oh, he's too good for school or whatever. Again, his brother said, did not happen. That <laughs> in our time and place, that was the time, the regular time when school was over. So he just graduated or just? Yeah. I guess at that point. In France, when you're like 12, you're, you're just, a man now. 
You're just done. Figure it out. Huh. We taught you everything you need to know. Go out to the world and do stuff. Yeah. We we read one thing of Shakespeare, one thing of Samuel Beckett, one algebra problem. You're free now. Go make your... How do you feel about the French education? Do you think they're dumb? Mm. In the 50s. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't see Hitler coming not too long ago, so they weren't prepared for that shit. (laughs) Kind of seems important. I mean, it's part two. You guys should have seen it coming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, uh, oh, he's also noted as being very good at math. Oh, cool. So he is not one of the famous people that we do often who suck in school. He's apparently fine. Yeah. He's fine in school. Um, Well, at 14, he wants uh, more than his provincial life. So he meets Gaston and, like, just fucks him up. And he fucks a very pretty young woman named Belle, which I'm pretty sure creates her taste for large men. Um, Was he hairy at this time or no? Yeah, he's he's a little hairy. Hmm. He's a he's a hairyish guy. Well, that's fake. But the true story is that he was on his farm. A uh, very fancy Rolls Royce drives by, and he tells his dad, "Dad, I want one of those one day." And his dad scoffs. And he's like, "Get back to work. We're old. We're French farm people. That's not going to happen." Yeah. He says, "Well, this is what made him sort of feel unhappy." And he's like, "I'm going to go make something of myself. I mean, I'm fucking huge. I've graduated yeah. French education." I'm ready to go. I'm just going to go take that car from that guy that's driving it because I'm bigger. I'm just, what, is he going to stop me? I'm going to lift the car up and just walk away with it. He can get out when he feels like yeah. it, but this is mine now. Hey, boss. Give me the keys. And that's it. Yeah. So he starts uh, working odd jobs. He works in a hay factory. He yeah. does... Trying to kill 007. Yes. <laughs> odd jobs. I'm sorry. That's. I think this is going to come up more <laughs> often. Uh, he gets a woodworking apprentice... Uh, he's not having fun. He's not making the money he wants. He goes to Paris, starts moving furniture by day and going to the uh, wrestling ring at night to, to learn to wrestle. In 1965, he is called to the draft. Uh, the French are in Vietnam in the 60s. That's actually the reason we got involved in Vietnam is, is a support position of the French, and then they left. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But he I did was not know that. Yeah, he was called by the draft and he goes into the draft office. He's 19. He is 7 foot tall. Shit. 300 pounds. 19 years old. Enormous. Wow. So he walks into this place, you know, ducking under the the entrance door. People are getting out of the way. They're like, and they're like I'm glad he's on my side. What the fuck? Yeah, they're like, "Are you Vietnamese?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting nervous. Well, he was denied military service due to we don't have equipment for you. Really? That's why? Yeah. That's a weird thing. Can you imagine being the military guy who's like, we need that guy and one person, that, no, it won't work. We don't have helmets for him. Like, And that's what Make ha- one. <laughs> Honestly, that's what they're like, that's the guy you want on the battlefield. But no, they were like, we don't have uniforms, gun straps, cots. We don't have anything that will fit you. You What, what are you? Seems like that'd be the best. Like, Seems like it'd be more reasonable to accommodate just for that figure it to out get someone like that than to be like yeah we don't really have the stuff for this sorry well and it's awesome to think that he could he could have been one of the dudes who died out there pointlessly and luckily from this size well and even even he's around if not on the battlefront like if he was good at math or anything else they could have just used him for yeah, yeah. i'm glad that yeah i'm glad not but yeah they could have used him for because yeah i think he was he was a smart guy he was a bright guy yeah maybe maybe vietnam would have went differently 
Can you imagine though, especially being because Vietnamese people are generally on the shorter side of yeah, I think like, so compared to you know Americans and I think. Oh my god! Did you see the, that dude stomping through the forest? Like and then someone's just like ah, just yeah. run away. Like, Viet Cong would have just surrendered. Yeah. Like, Fuck this! <laughs> and then he he drinks some Vietnamese whatever especially vo- vodka. Telling them stories that were made up. He's like, this is how we all are now. I just took the first <laughs> batch of whatever makes us do, you know, makes us look like this, and now uh, this is just we're coming for you. So French juice. I'm the first guy. <laughs> and they're like, ah, oh, drink like French that. juice. Hey, pull, check this out. My dick talks. <laughs> Pulls it out. Hey, you better get out of here. Well, uh, he's uh, he, he's found by a promoter while he's wrestling in this small time gym, and the and the promoter, uh, you know, he promotes wrestlers, and he's like. Fuck that! That's there's money, cha-ching. Oh yeah. So he signs a small contract with this guy. Um, starts going around, and wrestling back then was like, like we think about wrestling now. Like people have names. There's a lot of fake and silly storylines. So his his name was Jean Ferry. Mm, very it, French. Very French. It means John Iron. Mm. And he would also go by Giant Jean Ferry, which I probably not pronouncing right it's french but yeah giant john iron was his name and giant john iron the character uh he's actually like french paul bunyan he's an actual mm, oh he already this already existed this name and yeah jean ferry is is like paul bunyan he's a he's a giant lumberjack that's weird but in the french mythology as opposed to the american does everybody have one of these or is it just us and the french yeah everybody everybody has a giant yeah. Lumberjack guy. Everybody has a lumberjack. Nobody knows why. Does everybody have a blue ox, too, to go with theirs? Mm-hmm. Well, the colors change. It's, <laughs> it's red and Russia. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, Joseph Campbell tried to look into it, couldn't figure out what was going on. He's <laughs> just like, ah, I guess it's just real. Huh. There's just lumberjacks everywhere. And, uh, yeah, so he would wear lumberjack shit. He would, you yeah. know, the flannel and the axe and... Cool get, beanie. Get in the ring. And, yeah. Fight people. Um, well, he hits the circuit and people... Fucking love him. Um, for his size, he's very, very, very agile. Like, he's as agile as a regular-sized dude, but then seven foot, 300 pounds. Like, hell yeah. Fuck. So he uh, is just running around doing this. He actually ends up getting enough money to buy himself that Rolls Royce he wanted. Oh, nice. So he got it. Yeah. And he drives home when he's 20 years old, knocks on the door. His parents don't recognize him. Why? Because he's enormous. What was the last time he saw them before he went to the military? Yeah, or he tried was to go to the military? like 14, so it's been like five years. Oh, shit. Does he fit in the Royal... I, I, this sounds in like a real question. Rest. He obviously did because he bought it and drove it, but like yeah, seven foot. Damn, dude. Probably I can... fucking barely. Yeah. Yeah. Cars are not meant for seven feet tall. Take the seat out and he sits in the back seat, but he still reaches the steering wheel yeah. and pedals. Comfortably. Yeah. That's the only way it works for him, and then he has to wear binoculars on his eyes to see all the way up. <laughs> He's happy. Does a Rolls does a Royce Royce Rolls Royce have back seats? I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm not a car guy. Yeah, I'm not a car guy either, and we're also poor people, so we will never. Yeah. Know. No. Uh, Andre was making more money at 19 on the small, small, small French circuit than we will make now. In the things. That we well, do. I mean, <clears throat> now that we have a million listeners, are it's yeah. We'll we'll get, maybe a little different. We'll but. get a, we'll we'll tickle that. We'll yeah. tickle that monetary. That's fair. Edge. We don't want to. Well, it's because we don't want to put our listeners out. We're not going to cram you guys down with a bunch of advertisements. No, we're not going to do that. Today's what? episode is brought to you by <laughs> Diapers.com. If you need new diapers, get Diapers.com. Fresh. Are you are you sick and tired of some white guy spewing shit out of his mouth? 
Put a diaper on his face. Uh, and Strap only, it on. Only at $6 a diaper, it's worth it. <laughs> well, if you go to diapers.com and put in our promo code, uh, people time shit stain, <laughs> we have special. The $6 diapers are now five fifty six. Mm. And they come with a strap, like a really thick, strong strap. So when a white guy st- starts talking about oh, abortion, give me your taxes, you strap it on there. Mm-hmm. All the vomited diarrhea out of his mouth, you just strap it on there violently. Mm-hmm. And then snap a picture, put it on our Instagram. We want to see some of the shit coming out of the sides. We have to make sure it's real. And then we'll we'll send you um, more episodes. More episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe. So, yeah, we don't want to bog you down with all that kind of stuff. We're but We're not uh, going to do that know, to you. Stamps.com. <laughs> you know, I uh, had some trouble cooking recently, and I stumbled upon this fun product called um, Blue Apron. Have you heard of this? What is this? I don't know. I'm not reading from a paper, but apparently they, they farm fresh, send you through the mail. I'll read it right here on the paper. Hold on. I'm not a good reader. From the paper. Chicken enchiladas. Yeah. Fresh. Fuck, what is that word? The. The. Rice. <laughs> so this, is how I, this is how I honestly feel. This is how I feel about. My wife and I were having trouble. Yeah. yeah making those... dinner. Jesus. <laughs> well, Andre, he would have been into that shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sorry, we got a little off track. What were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, in 1967, Andre is in his first film. Uh, How yeah. old is he? Now he's in his 20s? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, early twenties. He's in a. It's in a. It's a French film. I'm gonna fuck up. Called Castachinwapor Le Judica. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It means the Chinese puzzle for judo. Oh, okay. It's a judo movie. That's cool. Wait, he was in a judo movie. Well, it's like a 007 movie that yeah has a bunch of judo in it. Was he a protagonist or an antagonist? Um, antagonist. So he's, he's a bad guy. Yeah, and it's only briefly. He's like in in a judo studio, and the main character's fighting off all these little guys, and then Andre stomps in, and they throw each other around for a minute, and then Andre loses, and 007 goes and, I don't know, fucks a lady. I couldn't find the whole movie. Yeah. Online. You can find just the scene with Andre. Um, lots of judo-type stuff. Again, humongous, very agile. Strange to see. It's just odd to see a guy that size. Yeah. Doing the stuff he's doing. Well, he starts touring around Europe uh, with a wrestling company, kind of like a freak show type of thing. You just move around and put on a show. He's billed as the monster Eiffel Tower. Now, did he, uh, did he like this in the sense of, like, later on, was this something he said, like, you know, I found this to be demeaning, but it was something that was money, or was he like... He loved it. This is awesome. It was, a, it was a blast. He loved it. I know some people have different feelings, of course. Um, he loved the... I mean, the pageantry of wrestling is fun, and the whole, you know, you come out there and you're a monster, and people freak out, and he liked the physicality of it. He loved it. That's cool. <clears throat> yeah, he's having a great time. Nice. And they called him the Monster Eiffel Tower, uh, which I just had to write down as much like our uh, a beautiful Stifle Tower from the Utah Jazz. 
Rudy. Only some people will get that. Go Rudy. Go Jazz. Go Raptors. I'm not. I'm not the one who will get it. And uh, go oh, Raptors. Carl Malone. What? Yeah, Carl Malone. That's the right reference. Hmm. Mm-hmm. How long ago was that? <laughs> oh my God, so long. I was talking to a coworker about how much Utah fans are the people who hate Michael Jordan the most. I love Michael Jordan. Yeah, I bet you fucking do. <laughs> so you're the... Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He took it away from us. Yeah, but he was, he was better. Well, he, he was better. That's why I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking unstoppable. Yeah. Well, he, uh, at 24, he starts touring Japan, or, or as we know it as Nippon. Nippon is and, what they call it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And Japan is a fucking fantastic market for wrestling. They love it over there. Yeah. They do a lot of the, like when you think of luchadors in Mexico where everybody's got a mask on. Yeah. They do that kind of thing. And they toured him around as Monster Rusimov, and he's just kicking ass. That's cool. Um, fucking all the Japanese ladies, which is a big fantasy so wait, of mine. Is this like, uh, is this still like stage kind of wrestling, or is he doing kind of more like, yeah, I'll take on anybody and like we'll wrestle? Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's stage. So when you think of like WWE, but minus 15, where it's in like a warehouse. Yeah. It's like four bucks to get in. and But it's the same thing. You know, you've got yeah. an announcer. All the characters have um, some backstory. And there's a good guy and a bad guy and, and that kind of thing. That's cool. And he, in his early career, he often toured as a bad guy where he would come into a town and take on the main guy. And he was just so quite a spectacle to see. Um, that everybody just, they were psyched when he came into town. Shit, yeah. Well, it's here in Japan where finally, I thought this was kind of odd that it took this long, but finally some responsible adult was like, what is wrong with you? I was going to say, so he never went and looked up medically what was going on, if this was going to be an issue. His parents didn't look into it. The French didn't look into it. Nobody throughout his tour of Europe, and he was in Africa briefly. Nobody. So he's now in his 20s, and finally someone's like, so... He's almost 25 before... How's your heart feeling right now? Yeah, an adult was like, you're not normal. What? You're fucking... What is the deal? So, some Japanese doctors diagnosed him with uh, acromegaly, is what it's called. Is that what it really is? Yeah, uh, that that's, he has? that's the medical term. So, giantism is a, is a medical thing as well. Acromegaly is a type of giantism. Do they know what causes it? Yeah, so acromegaly specifically is a benign tumor that is pressing against the pituitary gland. In the brain? Yeah, it's in the brain. So it's pressing against it and it just keeps the hormones going, I take it, or Growth whatever? hormones just don't stop. Right. So he's still getting bigger. It's sort of like your growth spurts don't stop. But this is dangerous. I mean, obviously a tumor in the brain, but it's got to be danger on a lot of levels, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's benign, so it won't metastasize. Uh, it's not going to get bigger, but it's still pushing on the pituitary gland, so your pituitary gland is just always engaged. Always like, fuck, we need to get bigger. It's overdrive, and eventually it's got to burn out, right? Oh, yeah. In fact, the doctor said, you're not going to live past 40. Damn. He's like, what What we've seen with this disorder is you you don't... People grow until their body can't maintain themselves anymore, and either the heart gives or the brain gives or right. something gives. Is it uh, something that is treatable now? I imagine it wasn't back then. Uh, it was in that like they offered him... There, there's like dopamine... Uh, treatments you can take that will uh, retard your pituitary gland and make it less. You can also go through a surgery and have the tumor removed yeah. or radiation to kill it. That uh, dangerous, though? He turned it all down. Yeah. He was like, being this big is what got me here. I'm not going to risk that now. Yeah. Which, eh, 
It's his life. It's his call, yeah. It's his call. Um, well, the symptoms for acromegaly are... Uh, so we got uh, enlarged hands and feet, obviously. But then the weird stuff is like coarse, oily, thick skin. So if you see Andre, he does look like he has thicker skin. But I th- when I was looking at it, it just sort of felt like, well, he's a big guy. Maybe my brain is just like, he's big. But no, he has actually thicker skin than the wow. rest of us. Um, excessive uh, sweating and body odor, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, fatigue and muscle weakness, which he did suffer some. Uh, deepened husky voice boss yeah, is real. Um, severe snoring, impaired vision, headaches. Um, menstrual cycle irregularities, which he didn't ever mention, but I imagine <laughs> maybe that came up. Yeah, probably not. I don't know how that works. Uh, erectile dysfunction, which he did not have. We know Dickie was running around. Right. And uh, enlarged organs and loss of sex drive. So... He didn't have that. Not in my mind. Not in my mind. Either. He's fucking everybody. Yeah. Dickie's just dragging him around the <laughs> around the city. Um, well, for a little context, do you know the wrestler Big Show? I've heard of him, but I don't know who he is. So Big Show also has acromegaly. Mm. And when he was in his twenties and nineties, he got up to seven feet tall, four hundred pounds, and he did the responsible thing and had the surgery and Right. Took the tumor out so he doesn't... Did those two ever meet each other? Mm-mm. No, they never did. Big Show just was barely starting when Andre died. Oh. But he did bill himself as the son of the giant. He said, I'm the son of Andre the giant. Mm. That was part of his character for a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not true, but it's wrestling. Sure. Well, in 1971, he is in Montreal, Canada. So he's uh, in another bigger market, and he's billed as the giant of the French Alps. He's uh, 7'4", 4'15", right now. He's still being... Jesus. Yeah. That's huge. I don't know. And there's a lot of stuff that you can uh, that you can look up from quotes of people who knew him about what it was like to walk around like that. Airplanes. Yeah. Public restrooms. Like, fuck, I don't, I don't know how to... That'd be a pain in the ass. Just... It's awful, yeah. I, I think. He did talk about it. He didn't make it like a, like a whole thing but he did talk about how if you're crippled they make ramps if you're a little person they make stools the world doesn't accommodate people like me yeah it's like what i have i just got to deal with it yeah yeah well from around this time his manager is a guy named uh what's his name uh, valoy he's a french canadian um wrestling promoter and there's a quote from him saying uh, listen, I tell you this not because Andre is almost a son to me, but because it's true. Uh, many men were afraid to go in the ring with him, especially after he reached his 20s because he was so large and strong. For all his height and weight, he could run and jump and do moves that made seasoned wrestlers fearful. Uh, not so much fearful that he would hurt them with malice, but that he might hurt them with exuberance. Um, even his playing was like that. And he discovered one day in Paris that he could move a small car by himself. (laughs) And for quite a while after that, he amused himself by moving his friends' cars while they were having a meal or drink and placing them in a small space between a lamppost and a building. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Or turning them around to face the other way. Uh, He said his strength was so natural that he had no interest in lifting weights. And he never did. He was interested in having a joke and not showing how strong he was. And he says, I've lived with many strong men all my life, but I've never seen a man with the 
the raw strength of, of Andre. That's badass. So that's how he's described. Is, and that is true. Uh, he claims to have never lifted weights. Not once. He's yeah. just, he's just that he's naturally, naturally strong. Huge. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the old guys will tell quotes about how he would literally throw them around like a, a rag doll, just unconcerned. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Fucking A. He's a big guy. Well, yeah, his body is described as closer to that of the, the proportions of a gorilla, where, like, his wrist circumference meaches, matches that of a, of a lowland gorilla. Oh, cool. So, he's just... <laughs> Damn. Well, he starts the American circuit now. Uh, he started in Montreal up there, and he, he wandered on down into Chicago, and a promoter called his manager and said, great, we want the guy, we want this mythical guy everybody's talking about. What's his name? They say, uh, his name is Jean Ferry. He's like, I'm sorry? Did you just say John Ferry to me? <laughs> and so the dude was like, yeah, we can't have a guy saying I'm the giant fairy. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. I don't know how the rest of the world accepted that. But in America, <laughs> we have some problems. I think it's American and instantly just like met with <laughs> assholeness. <and> just... <laughs> Immediately, that's the first reaction. Yeah. And so he's like, no, what's his real name? And the guy's like, his name's Andre. And he's like, well, he's Andre the Giant if he fights here. So Andre's like, okay. So he starts wrestling in the American regions. So this is a little bit of history on wrestling, which if you're a nerd like me, you might be interested in, but you're probably not. Oh, you're good. I don't know anything, so you have to explain it to me. So when you think of wrestling now, most people think Vince McMahon, WWE. Yeah. And even prior to the WWE, it was WWF. Yeah versus WCW versus ECW. That was like the 90s thing. Yeah. Well, in the 70s, it was even more than that. There were regions of places where there was wrestling. So Vince McMahon and his family had the Northeast, so like New York and all those places. And then there was a Southern East region, a mid-market, a far west market, and these were all independent places so there were, this is back when everything was a little bit smaller not one big or a couple big it was like yeah i mean wrestling wasn't on tv so much so it was more like a thing that you and your redneck buddies would go to on a saturday night yeah and you go to the regional place and there's like the regional hero and andre would come into town and that would draw in people and he'd fight the hero and made a lot of money he made a lot of money just a lot of money <laughs> so he is um well, I was going to say, all, all these regions, like I said, they all have a hero. In wrestling, they call him a face, or they call him a baby face. That's just the wrestling term for the protagonist. Yeah. And the bad guy is always the heel. Uh, is what they, A heel is a bad guy in wrestling terms. Huh. And Andre would come in, and he was most often a face. And a face just means that in interviews, you're nice, and you're just fighting the, the baby face champion for his belt. Uh, a heel is like... Jake the Snake, where you come in, you just talk shit and threaten everybody. So Andre was usually a face. Sometimes he's a heel. Most important thing is Andre never lost. Really? Never lost. He didn't. He was never pinned. He would lose by disqualification, or yeah, some disqualification, or or a guy taps out. But he he uh, yeah he never, never got pinned. So is that stay got, with his career? He got pinned one time, and that'll come up later. But that's it. Okay. He's torn the country. People are being nice because he draws crowds. And the sense that I got is that in person, he's so horrifying that people just did what he said. He's like, I don't lose. (laughs) You got it. Okay. You write the script, boss. (laughs) 
You got it. So <laughs> I like that, to think of like two guys arguing before they ever see him, and they're like, "So this is how it's gonna go." And he's gonna win. No, yeah, okay. And we're gonna go with this and that. And when that guy gets in here, if he tries to do anything crazy, be like, oh, if he's one of these, yeah. you know, celebrity type, uh, I do it my way. And then he comes in, he's like, I don't lose. Like, yeah, no, you don't lose. You don't lose. No, you got it, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, he's just ripping up the paper they just wrote up. Like, <laughs> fuck me, right? Fuck me. <laughs> do you need another beer? <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's how I see it. Is like, he comes in, he's like. Or they're like, we have this great idea where, where we pin you, right? And then we make a whole thing. And he's like, no, <laughs> I don't lose. You're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how to argue with you. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go lose now. But overall, he seems like he's like a relatively nice guy. Yeah, nothing I took away was that he was mean. Um, Not that I'm saying that's mean to say that, but he's just like, yeah, I don't lose. And then exactly. everyone's like, okay. Yeah, and really, uh, you know, if you, if you, again, you have to live like him. It's a little tough. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm walking around the world making money. I'm just going to get my way. Yeah. I could go back and work on the farm and be a regular guy, but with this body, I got something to sell. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to lose. Yeah. That's cool. And it draws crowds. Like, he knew. He goes into a place. People want to see this giant freak of nature. Guy who's going to wail on everybody. Oh, it was so, it, you should YouTube some of that shit. I've been watching it all week long. <laughs> he's all, he's, he is very athletic and enormous well he signs with uh vince mcmahon's senior who owns a company called titan sports which eventually becomes uh the wwf and uh vince mcmahon senior said that he was an incredible draw he said i would book him three visits a year in japan two visits a year in australia two in europe the rest of the time i book him in major markets in america uh wrestlers and promoters all want him on their card because the giant comes everybody makes money yeah bam Sorry, 1972. This is just interesting. Yeah. He fought a guy named uh, Don Leo Jonathan, who is called the Mormon Giant. What? Yeah, this is just interesting for us. Yeah. But he's actually from uh, Hurricane. Uh, Hurricane Valley? Hurricane. Yeah, Hurricane City in Utah. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you're not from Utah, Hurricane is spelled like Hurricane, and we are so podunk. We, I mean... We call it Hurricane. Yeah, I don't, but yeah, it's... I mean, it's very common to call it Hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. It's a city in the south of Utah. Well, Don Leo Jonathan, who was 6'6", 340, fought Andre. And at the time, that was considered the that was one of the biggest wrestling matches of all time at the time. Shit. Because it was billed as the match of the century. It's the giant versus the giant. So was he big, too? Like Don Leo's pretty big, but yeah, he's 6'6". That's pretty big. 340 pounds. Not as big as Andre, obviously. Andre's still got a, quite a bit on him. Yeah. But hilariously, we're describing so an, an enormous man who compared to Andre is, meh, yeah, meh, yeah. So, and now I'm just curious, was he Mormon? <laughs> yeah, he was actually Mormon. Huh, weird. Yeah, and he was billed as the, the Mormon giant. Yeah. And you can look up that fight. It's fun. Um, nobody's sure if this was scripted or not, but Andre lost his temper and started choking the guy. It looks real, because some people ran onto the ring to try and pull him off, and he was throwing assistance away so we could get it at, at Don Leo and he throws him out of the ring and Don Leo runs away. So that match ended in a disqualification, but Andre, I'm Andre this up. never loses. Yeah. He does not lose. Um, well, Vince McMahon starts seeing this shit and he's like, fuck yeah. And so this is Vince Jr. Vince Jr. signs him to what is the WWF and... Has him do feats of strength shit, drawing crowds. Um, he gets onto an exclusive contract with Vince, actually, because Vince McMahon is a very intelligent businessman. Yeah. However much he's sort of terrifying looking now. Yeah. Um, I saw him in an interview recently, and all the face work he's done, he just... 
He yeah, he looks like a Ken doll that yeah, it was microwaved or something. <laughs> it's pretty scary. Some pretty accurate like just bad facelifts or whatever bad yeah face work. And you don't put it in the microwave too long. Just, just, a, couple, uh, just a couple seconds. It's just starting to get soft. Yeah. <laughs> you can kind of push with your finger and you can feel it move. But That's what the doctor does. Just microwaves your head and then stretches it. Like, there you go. That's something. There you you look pretty. <laughs> no more wrinkles. You're done. Vince McMahon holds up a mirror to him. He's like, my God, I'm beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Uh, Andre starts uh, fighting around some of the names of people that we might know. Uh, Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake is, uh, at the time, he was mainly like a Texas, Louisiana guy in the South Market. Jake the Snake is considered the greatest heel of all time, mm-hmm. which uh, I would agree with. Jake's, yeah, Jake's pretty tough, good. He's a tough guy. So was Andre being the baby face against him or just... Yeah, he was always the baby face against Jake because Jake is the ultimate villain. And... Uh, Andre's character was afraid of snakes, and Jake would pull out the snake, and they'd fight, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, Jake the Snake is a—he is really a very good entertainer. Um, you should listen to the Joe Rogan podcast with him on there. It's—he's a very entertaining t- storyteller. Yeah, and uh, ex crack addict. Oh shit! Who's been raped many times in his life? That's not so fun, but it's a good podcast. Wow, yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, Jake the Snake is a very interesting guy. Well, and good friends with Andre. They were friends. Cool. Um, he fought the Iron Sheik in like the North Central East area. He fought Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler's from the Mid Central Market. Uh, Jerry Lawler, I have a personal love with because he uh, used to fight Andy Kaufman. Um. Andy Kaufman? Yeah. Uh, he's an old comedian. Did you ever see Taxi? Yeah. He's Latka. On wait, wait, Taxi. Which one's Latka? Is he the one that's... The weird accent. <clears throat> oh, my God. He, he was a wrestler. He was a wrestler? Well, he's a comedian who thought wrestling was hilarious, so he, <laughs> he joined a, a small-time regional wrestling thing and only fought women because he thought it was funny, and then he let the women beat him. Right. Because that was... It. Andy Kaufman's a character. Yeah, no, yeah. He's a future people time for me but yeah, a good idea jerry lawler and him were friends and he's like let's have a competition and i'll call you out for only fighting women and so yeah he fought a big time name guy and just got his ass beat. i did not know he did any kind of wrestling i've seen yeah. him i'm obviously in taxi but i've actually just only started watching that but yeah. i i watched someone do you ever watch those like hecklers like comedians get heckled and shit yeah and they, comedians like bring it back destroys heckler yeah, yeah. yeah so i watch those all the time and there's one where it's him, and I actually don't know if he's legitimately getting heckled or if he's not. It is hard to tell with him. But he starts like this kind of fake cry. He's like, I just wanted to come out here with my oh, with no. my family, and I just wanted to do this show for you guys. And then he starts doing this kind of weird like noise, like he's about to cry. And then he slowly turns it into a song. He's like... It was brilliant. Honestly... I'm f- afraid to do an Andy Kaufman episode because I will just go and go and go. Because that I'm familiar with that, and that is fake. Is it fake? I like, never knew. The guy in the in the audience is a plant, but that's a whole bit that he came up with. It's like, fucking brilliant. That's just how he did. Th- he's insane. He. Um, but I didn't know he was wrestling. He had an opening act that was like a an old timey comedian guy who was always smoking, and he was just made fun of everyone in the crowd. And fat guy in a suit. Yeah. It was him. Yeah. He was his opener. As this guy, <laughs> he would come serious? out and he'd talk shit on Andy Kaufman. He'd talk shit on the crowd. And he'd throw his drink on people and leave. 
And then Andy would come out and be like, sorry about that. That's fucking <laughs> hilarious, dude. Andy's That's a, the best kind of humor. Andy's it? a guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, he fought Jerry Lawler and so did the Giant. He also fought uh, Jesse the Body Ventura. Um, he fought with, more often, he was actually a tag team with a guy named Chief Strongbow. Who Is, it, is he a Native American? He's a Native American guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, all this shit he's doing is getting crazy crowds and in 1974 he is listed as the highest professional professional wrestler at uh, four hundred thousand dollars a year shit yeah damn baller that's gonna be way it's gonna be a fun job too like you get a tour yeah. around yeah you're gonna wrestle people and then you're gonna get paid god awful amounts of money for it which um i mean we're making well over that with our million listeners right but what we're doing I I would personally say is more physically taxing than what Andre was doing. So I think eh, it works out in the end. I'm pretty tired from all the YouTube video watching and I was just trying really hard not to go into another spiel about how we have so many listeners that we have to go into another ad and start bringing up cooking again. So we're just trying to level, level it up. Well, another ad hasn't come up yet, but we 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 probably do owe our sponsors another ad. Yeah, here shortly. Um, well, uh, yeah, more stuff of people you might know. He fought often with Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, now I know this name. This guy was kind of a cowboy-looking dude, right? Macho Man, yeah. He's got a cowboy hat and I no shirt, very do... tan, sunglasses. Yeah, sort of a precursor to the Hulk, a yeah. little bit. Yeah, the very tan, uh, yeah. cool guy, bright colors kind of thing. Pinks, yeah, like lots of pinks and greens. Well, he apparently... Fucking hated in real life, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Really? And, Why so? And a guy named the Iron Sheik. So this is according to a few sources, but uh, Hulk Hogan in an interview kind of said it best, where he said that um, he would, he would in, in his first fight with guys, he'd be a little rough, and if the guys kind of pussied or cried or complained, he was rough on them indefinitely. Then on that's out. what Andre Every other did. Fight. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, you need a man up to me. And then if they were also, because Hulk said he's like, what we do is sort of tough guy stuff, but it's an act. Yeah. So if in backstage, you're still doing the tough guy thing, you're still being an asshole, right. Andre hated you, and he took you down a notch. Yeah. So you can look up old fights of him with Macho Man and the Iron Sheik, and another guy I'm going to bring up, uh, Big John Studd is another guy he hated. And he was... A little more rough than normal. Visibly... Like, damn, dude. He would, so he would do this thing where he would um, grab people by their hair and just throw them around. And when (laughs) when it's a guy he likes, um, like uh, Hulk or or, uh, Jake the Snake, you could see he's got his hand on their hair, but they're not struggling. They're walking into it. His hand is on their shoulder. The normal way you kind of see on wrestling. Dude, with John Studd, he is physically throwing this motherfucker, (laughs) like violently around by his hair pulling his hair out oh my god just stepping on him like literally stepping on him like 500 pounds like, where did they say about any of this anything there's no quotes from those guys <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna say <laughs> yeah. fuck that yeah. the ghost of andre might come back and shit on me oh, again that's fucking funny but yeah he was he was overly rough and i i fucking love it hulk actually told a really fun story with macho man where so Andre always he played cards a lot before fights and he also drank several bottles of wine before he would fight. Damn. So he's sitting backstage playing cards with somebody, doing his thing. Macho man comes in and goes, Hey, so how's the fight gonna go tonight? I can't do it. Nah. Yeah, fuck. That's all right. Sounds and, good. And uh he's he's all covered in baby oil. Of course. Which is what they do. And uh, Andre turns to him and goes, 
No baby oil. Get out. <laughs> so Macho Man's, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, fuck me. All right. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Andre. Thanks, boss. And that's how it went when he didn't like you. Yeah. That's get the fuck out. That's cool. Well, uh, so of the Andre stuff, you're going to see his biggest uh, rivals is going to be Hulk Hogan, which is just the most marketed. Yeah. They were actually buddies. Uh, Big John Studd is the other one. He did actually hate Big John Studd. Big John is one of the bigger guys he ever fought. He's 6'10", 350. So he's a large guy, but he's also large due to uh, steroids. Oh, okay. Uh, You could tell. And Andre's naturally big. Well, John billed himself as the new giant. And Andre always stepped over the top rope to get into the ring. That's Andre's thing. Yeah. John started doing it. No. Not good. So when they fought, yeah, like I was saying, Andre was not nice to Big John Stud. And uh, you should look up those fights because John is a humongous man. He is a giant. Yeah. And another literal giant is beating the loving <laughs> shit out of him for fun. And uh, yeah, a lot of those matches ended with John running from the ring. In the 80s, there was a thing where he got, like, I guess John probably approached him and was like, I've been letting you beat me up for several years let me have a few and yeah so they started he started to take it easy on him but he never liked john Hmm. and uh john stud died of liver failure due to excessive steroid use bummer be careful yeah meh and he also did the same thing to the iron sheik he fucking hated the iron sheik he called him a complainer (laughs) he's a complainer i don't know much about that yeah yeah never met the iron sheik (laughs) (laughs) um he also fought a guy named Chuck Wepner, who is an actual boxer and supposedly the inspiration for Rocky. Really? Yeah. Um, in the 70s, Muhammad Ali is like towards the t- tail end of his career, and he's doing this. F- Another person we have to do, by the way. Yeah, he is actually coming up. He's a listener request, so he's on the top. Yep. Um, but he was doing this thing, which was just for fun, where a boxer fought a wrestler. So, Muhammad Ali, the main fight, fought a guy named Antonio Inokio. Who's the wrestler, I take it? Yeah, fighting Muhammad. And then Andre fought a boxer named Chuck Wepner. And it's all set up. It's all fake. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Uh, Andre pretended to lose his, his temper and threw Chuck Wepner out of the ring, and everybody freaked out. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, wrestling is fake, but when it's... You can tell when it's a little forced and it's sort of not fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, it lacked the, uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could tell. Well, um, he's still crazy agile like a fucking tiger if you want to look up the shit from the 70s. Um, his dick is equally as agile (laughs) as far as I could tell in my personal research. Right. In 1976, he is, uh, he stars at, well, not stars, he is portrayed as Bigfoot on the Six Million Dollar Man, which, What's the $6 million man? The guy who's the... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's when... What's uh, his name? Lee Majors plays Steve Austin. Yeah. Not Stone Cold, Steve Austin, ironically, but yeah, Steve Austin, the... Uh, I think he was an astronaut whose body... I think his pl- his his jet crashed and he was his body was shit and they were like, they we re- can rebuild him. him. Yeah. We have the technology. Well, yeah, Andre was Bigfoot on that. That's a fun scene. He... Just throws Lee Majors around and rips a tree like, out of the ground and hits him with it. Just in big, like, he's just in, like, a bunch of, like, makeup and fur and stuff. And just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just, oh, <laughs> just throwing around. Um, Steve Austin rips his arm off, though, which is a bummer. Dude, so do you watch Venture Brothers? Uh-uh. 
They do a whole entire piece about this. The exact thing there. That's what Venture Brothers does. It's a TV show. It's a cartoon. Like they remake old shows. I don't remake them. It's it's essentially they're just doing spoofs of all sorts of anything pop culture, anything that shows. Movies. I fucking love pop culture. And so they uh, there's this is what I can relate to as far as because there's there's a Sasquatch and fighting Steve Austin. Yeah. Fuck yeah! Did they he actually, rip his arm off? Yeah. Well. Yes, but they. Uh, End up being lovers in the end, I think, in the Venture Brothers thing. So <laughs> I wish that's how it went. <laughs> in uh, Six Million Dollar Man, he just ran away yeah. to a cave. Sort of a bummer. Yeah. 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 I'm sure he got paid all right. Well, in 1979, he has a daughter who's his only, uh, as far as. Is he married? No. He actually never got married. Who's the mother? Uh, her name is Jean Christensen. Was it just someone that he was seeing or. Yeah, she sort of was a hanger-on in the wrestling circuit. Uh, I think she was like a bartender and then like a card girl. And Dickie was like, ah, let's fuck her. And that happened. Yeah. Well, and I'm not psyched about it. Um, He didn't see her a lot. I mean, there's actually a segment piece from the news that I saw from like 1990 or 91. I was talking to her and she's like a little girl and she claims that she's only ever seen him five times. Bummer. Um... When she first came out, he fought child support, claiming that he was certain he was sterile. Maybe he thought the giantism caused that. Um, nothing I saw said that it does. Yeah. Be careful, Andre. He might have more kids. So it's kind of unknown how involved he was, but she, well, he left his entire estate to her when he died. Oh, wow. And she, uh, actually, you can hear interviews with her now. She seems settled with it and actually feels that he just didn't want her around the carnival Bat shit insanery of wrestling. I don't know if he's traveling around a bunch. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bummer, of course, but... uh, And we haven't talked about it yet, but he's a massive alcoholic. And maybe he was just like, I don't want my kid around with this. Yeah. This is too much. And she's actually like a comic book nerd. And oh. is uh, partially responsible for a graphic novel about him. Oh, that's cool. And so she goes around Comic-Cons and gives interviews and stuff. Shit, I must go, I'm going to have to go look this up. There's actually two graphic novels about him you can look up. Nice, nice. But she is not a giant. No. No. She's a regular. Well, she's, she actually is tall. She said she's like six foot. Yeah, it's pretty tall for... Big for a lady. Yeah. But not a giant. Um, in 1980, um, Vince McMahon is in the WWF, or he is getting the WWF, WWF going. It's hard to say when you've had many beers. <laughs> WWF. And uh, his whole strategy, as I think I may have mentioned before is to eat all of the other regions so they are all owned by Vince. Right. And then put it on TV and make gazillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So he's starting with that, thinking, uh, how do I do this? Well, Andre's a big pull, and I got this guy from California named Hulk Hogan, um, who I'm, I think will help me get there. So they create a whole uh, Hulk Hogan and Andre uh, th- uh, rivalry. Yeah. Which is fun because they're both uh, they're both faces, so they're both good guys, and they would just fight over the heavyweight. Belt. That's cool. Just so it's not back even bad guy versus good guy. It's just who is your favorite good guy, and those two don't get along in the fictional world of both, wrestling. Yeah, because they're both of their characters at that time were not like bad guys. They weren't shit talkers. Right. They just wanted to. They just wanted to be heavyweight champion. Yeah, I would definitely go for. Uh, not that I was a huge watcher of wrestling, but I would definitely go for Andre because I did not ever like Hulk Hogan. Really? 
Yeah, I'm the one guy, apparently. I'm embarrassed that I did, but yeah, I was a huge Hulk Hogan fan. Especially, uh, maybe it's also just because but, seeing him like in real life and like what, he was in like Nanny something like I don't know. He's in some movies, but anyways, he doesn't seem. Yeah, he seems, seems like, like a nice simpleton, <laughs> as you would so. You know, that's how you would word and people somebody... description. Yeah, I fucking love it. Yeah, no, he just seems like he's kind of a dumb guy. Well, know. maybe he's not. I, that's probably horrible for me to there, just make that judgment. But. There's a so there's no biography on Andre. Nobody's written a good one. So I cobbled a lot of this together, but the main source is a, an HBO documentary that actually came out about him last year on HBO. Oh, cool! Uh, in 2018, and Hulk Hogan's interviews are some of the best because I think he was actually close to him, but. He does often tilt whatever the conversation is to how great or smart he is. <laughs> <laughs> like I was saying, he's kind so of, yeah. he's a nice guy. He really does love Andre. He seems genuine, but can't not talk about how great oh, Hulk is. His ego is. <laughs> it's uh... just I don't know. He was on the top for a long time. Maybe he's just programmed that way. I love if they had to like convince him, like, this is actually a documentary about you. But tell us a little bit about Andre, because we want to know about the relationships between you and the other people. Yeah, no, definitely. You want to know about me. So, me. <laughs> and they're like, okay. And then about Andre's like, yeah, no, we're getting there. We're getting there. Hulk, it's been 16 hours. Yeah, it's it's, it's great, right? This is great. <laughs> Are you hulking up? I'm hulking up, hey, brother. brother. Yeah. Hey there, brother. Hey, I'm another bagel, brother. Yeah. Well, uh, Hulk... Actually, in real life, fucking loves Andre. He says that he's the reason that he started wrestling. Uh, That's why Hulk started wrestling? Yeah. That's awesome. He idealized him in the 70s. And in real life, Andre didn't give a shit. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, they would get on tour buses to go to different venues, and Andre would sit in the back of the bus um, just drinking beer after beer after beer and would throw the empty beer cans at Hulk's head. (laughs) That's awesome. Pink. Yeah, fuck you. Pink. Hey, little motherfucker. With your bleach hair, a beer can in his hand looks crazy when you see that picture because it looks like oh yeah, it looks like the beer can, especially because like, the one I saw is an older picture, so the beer can looks yeah, older compared to hell. Seventies or eighties, yeah. But the beer can almost looks like it's like someone purposely shrunk it and made it small. But I'm glad you met. I'm glad you brought that up because in my research, I was curious if it's real, mm-hmm. and I snoped it. Or yeah. Is it snooped? Snope. Snoped it. Snopes. Yeah. It's real. Hundred percent. It was actually a twelve ounce beer that's crazy it was a molson's beer that was taken as a promotion for some uh, sports illustrated it thing it looks like half the size of beer can should actually be it's crazy and that's probably the best picture to look at if you want to know his monstrosity yeah his hand size like grab can... a beer which i'm doing right now and my hand does not wrap around it because i am a, well not normal but <laughs> but then google him holding a beer can and it's, it's yeah crazy. it's it's a regular 12 ounce can that's the size of this guy. And he, yeah, he was an alcoholic. He was self-medicating with his, because um, that constant growth, he was in pain. That's a bummer. And one beer for me, maybe a tiny measurable effect. One beer for him. Nah. Nothing. Dude. I yeah. think he's got to get 13 in before he gets I would imagine anything. More, right? Well, and I've got a lot of notes here about his epic drinking, like yeah. just insanity. Um well, he uh, starts enjoying being around the Hulk more and more because the Hulk just kind of kisses his ass, and he, he kind of likes that. Well, uh, yeah, we can talk about his drinking, actually. It's in my notes now. I forgot where I'm <laughs> <laughs> So, of the many stories, uh, again, he's a big guy, so there's a mythology around everything he does, but these are the stories of that of many people have told. Ric Flair claims that he was with him one night in which Andre drank 106 beers. Jesus. Yeah. 
Jesus. Uh, his personal assistant, Tim White, said that on a regular night, fight or not, he would have at least 20 beers, four bottles of wine, and a few cocktails. And then still sober enough to go fight. Do whatever. Yeah. Play cards, fight. Yeah. That's that's the guy. Uh, Jake the Snake has an awesome story where before Jake was like a big wrestler, he w- was like a referee, and he, he drove Andre around for Vince McMahon. And... Vince actually had a specialized van just to drive Andre around, like with a raised roof and a big couch in the back. And okay. Jake the Snake had to drive him back to the hotel, and he was like, "Bear." I was like, all right, sure, buddy. What do you, what do you, you like a six-pack? He's like, two cases. Like, okay. Probably maybe he wants some for his room. Gives him two cases, drives about 80 miles back to his hotel, and by the time they get there, 48 beers are gone. Shit. And Jake said that he bought a case for himself and was drinking while they were driving. And he kept having to pull over to piss. And the giant never he, no? never pissed. He's just like... And he watched him walk out of the van and walk into the hotel, just scratching his head like, what's this happening? <laughs> Fuck. This guy just drank 48 beers in the back of a van, and now he's just going to walk to his hotel room. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's um, crazy. There's an old wrestler I'd never heard of called Ken Patera from the 70s. Uh, he was just on a cool podcast, I found, who said that he had an all-day drinking contest with Andre and a few other um, wrestlers that started from like 9 a.m. till later that night when they had to wrestle. And Andre drank 116 beers. Oh, my God. That day in a hotel lobby. Uh, he also has the unofficial world record for drinking 127 beers in a hotel with a wrestler called the Fabulous Moolah. In this story, he passed out in the hotel lobby. <laughs> the staff came to wake him up, which wasn't going to happen. And... Uh, <laughs> You don't move a guy like that. So they asked what to do, and I think it was Ric Flair who's like, I'll call AAA. <laughs> <laughs> so they just waited until he woke up. Out. He'll get up eventually. Yeah. Um, he, uh, according to uh, Carrie L., who is the the main guy from Princess Bride, the, bl- the blonde guy? Uh, Wesley. Well, that's right. Yeah. So according to Wesley, yeah. um, he, during the filming of Princess Bride, there was a bar tab one night of uh, $40,000. What? In one night? Yeah. What, did, what was he drinking? Just like So it's it's Andre and Mandy Patinkin and, and Carrie L, but Even Andre then, insisted on paying it. Yeah. $40,000. $40, so were they just drinking the highest end of whatever? Probably the highest end stuff. And, you know, you say $40,000, i am sure there are people walking up to the bar like, yeah, I'm, on a, I'm on Andre's tab. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Andre, hey, yep, me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, Shane McMahon said that uh, when he was a kid, Andre would come over to the house and actually used to drink this Mexican whiskey that has a cobra in the bottle. You know, like Mexican tequila has a worm. Yeah. There's a Mexican whiskey that has a cobra in the bottle. Why? Why would you? I looked it up. It's apparently real. And uh, Was this Andre's like drink? At or... this period in his time, yeah. He said he would just pop the top and just drink it. And then he looked at old little Shane and was like, don't drink the snake. It's like, okay, <laughs> you're weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, he did say that, you know, bar stuff, people would try and pick fights with him. Um, Which is odd, because... Who the fuck? Yeah, why would you be like, I fucking can take him. Uh, everyone look out. Well, and that's what he said, is it was usually a guy who... Um, Just plastered. Yeah, who would come up and he would... Yeah, a guy who would say, fuck him. I got him, dude. I got my belt buckle on. 
My mom helped me brush my teeth earlier. Yep. Give me another shot. I'm going to fuck him up. Well, there's actually a uh, quote from Andre where he says, you know, I do what I can to avoid bad trouble, boss, but I've seen enough to know when a man can't be talked out of a fight. Uh, first I talk, but when I see the talk won't work, I want to make the first move, and I want to make it a good one. Yep. Twice I've had uh, had knives pulled on me, and I've also had a bar stool, and I've used a bar stool. So <laughs> he's had to defend himself, which it seems like kind a fucking idiot. I don't know who'd want to go fight that uh, a person of that stature. Yes, yeah, wow. sta- it almost pisses me off. But uh, it seems like Andre could almost like pick up one person and just beat the fuck out of another person with that person. Just be like, I'll just clean. I'm just gonna pick up this person. This whole playhouse. <laughs> I've got my weapon. What's yours? And you pick up a person. And you're like, start swinging them around. Have this poor guy, like, huh? What? Hey, pick your hey, weapon. Hey, whoa, hey, whoa, <laughs> 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 Yeah, I'll put you on my tab, boss. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Smacking people like, uh, like bowling ball pins. Um, well, here in the 80s, Vince McMahon has Andre the Giant doing 300 nights a year, which went on for a long time. 300 nights a year? Holy yeah. shit, so he's working nonstop. And some, according to some of the wrestlers back then, that Saturday and Sundays would be doubles days. Like you'd fight in the afternoon and night yeah. on Saturdays and Sundays, and then... Yeah, Monday through Thursday, and then you know maybe one or two days off a week. Was that two months off the whole entire year? Scattered throughout. Yeah, yeah. and that's I mean, oh, fuck, how much of that is travel time? And I guess it's kind of like, it's kind of a normal thing with a touring kind of style of business. Uh, seems like mm-hmm. that's what you do. I just kind of feel bad for the guy, but I don't know. He seemed to enjoy himself. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, we got. Uh, oh, Hulk Hogan is now getting more and more popular. I didn't know this. Hulk is in Rocky Three. Huh. I've only seen Rocky 1 and 2, but apparently, Me too. <laughs> I think that's most people. <laughs> apparently Hulk Hogan is the main bad guy in, in, in Rocky 3, so Hulk's popularity goes up. So now WWF is being broadcast on TV. Vince McMahon's idea, him and Andre are going at it. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper is cool, and uh, he's, he's making a big thing. Well, this is when Vince makes WrestleMania, which people still talk about. WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like such a fucking nerd right now. I haven't in seen it, but I've heard. Yeah. Well, I, I watched WrestleMania when I was younger. Haven't seen it in a long time. I was kind of curious. This year's WrestleMania, fun fact, hmm. dink, uh, included Ronda Rousey. Um, She's an MMA fighter, or was. She's the one that got her face punched in pretty good. <laughs> Within like 14 seconds, yeah. yeah. I can't remember the girl's name, but it was this really hyped up fight, and then the bit... Sorry, not the bitch, but the, well, that's just how I talk. It's not derogatory. <laughs> I'm trying to hold it back. Oh, boy. That's how I talk. The bitch yeah. punched Ronda Rousey like 18 times in her face in like 14 seconds. Yeah. The fight's over. So Ronda is in the WWE now. She lost to some lady named Becky Lynch. That seems like a wrong way to go. So you didn't hack it very well in the real fight, and she's like, embarrassingly going to go over to the fake fighting. But then you lose. Oh. She lost in the fake fighting anyway. What are you doing, Ronda? We don't root for a loser. I'm just kidding. Nobody likes a loser in America, Ronda. That's so rude. I'm sorry. No, I would never say that. I had a major crush on Ronda Rousey. She could kick my ass, I'm sure, a thousand times without me touching her. Not, no question. Yeah. No real disrespect here. (laughs) Which I invite. If Ronda's one of our new several million listeners, hey. Oh, boy. You and Hank. 
Email me. <laughs> <laughs> I do fucking love Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Um, somebody named Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar. Um, kind of bummed out. There's not, you know, all these names I've been saying: Iron Sheik, Jake the Snake. Yeah, they got cool. People are just Fancy. Seth Rollins. <laughs> That's a fucking guy. Yeah. My name's uh, John Anderson. <laughs> That's a great wrestling name. Right this way, sir. John Anderson. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You're fighting Ronda Rousey tonight. What? What? Just punch her in the face. It works every time. <laughs> <laughs> she she hasn't won a match ever. <laughs> um, Kurt Angle and Batista lost their farewell matches, uh, and somehow Triple H is still a thing. Triple H is still around. How in the fuck is he? Eighty? How old is he now? He was a decent age when I was watched when I was like a teenager. This motherfucker is around. See, I know wrestling, and I know Triple H. Yeah, he is still mm. around. Um, well, this uh, being on TV and WrestleMania specifically made uh, WWF fucking enormous. This yeah. is where, yeah, people like me got into it. And I do remember distinctly asking my dad who the bad guy and good guy was. And he had to explain to me, like, well, it's fake and they're all bad. Well, they're all good. It's fake. Look, he fucked his wife, okay? And then that's why he's coming yeah. in here. Now they got to fuck. It's Look, so much like asking your mom about. Not everything is black and white, son. There's some gray area. What? This is how you learn about morality, that it's well, subjective. For me as a kid, it was black and white. It was uh, the jazz are the good guys, and whoever they're playing is the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. So in wrestling, I needed it to be explained. It's like asking your mom, your mom about the young and the restless. She's like, well. <laughs> so Darla is a good guy, but technically she's a clone. And who she's cloned from is not good. Charlan, <laughs> let me tell you. My God. So Rocky tried to propose to her, and she wouldn't take the ring. And then she killed her sister. <laughs> okay, Mom. Thanks. Thanks. I, I, yeah, I wish like I could watch. brothers, too. Yeah, apparently everyone's a cousin and a brother. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, always a lost brother. Cousin. Which, really, that's all yeah. wrestling is. It's it's a soap opera, but then people fake kick each other in the face. Which, you know, honestly, that's the only thing it's soap operas awesome. are really, like, needing. Like, I couldn't get a soap opera if you do. That's cool. But if not, like... That's what they need, yeah. If someone wanted to convince me to watch one, they'd be like, okay, so it's all this crazy shit, and then they fight. I'd be like, oh, okay. Oh, they fight? So they're, This is awesome. Yeah. I actually think I would watch that. Um, well, he started appearing in small roles on TV. Um, my favorite, well, small roles in TV and movies, my favorite is in 1984, he was in, uh, Conan the Destroyer with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right, right. He was, uh, Dagoth, the one-horned monster god, and, uh, Arnold had to, well, Arnold got thrown around and then he had to rip the horn off of Andre's costume. Yeah. Right. Kind of a fun movie. There's also a fun time or a quote from Arnold from that time that he tried to pay dinner for Andre once, and Andre picked him up and put him on top of an armoire. So, Why? <laughs> because Andre always paid the check. Oh, I see. Just a good, nice that's, guy. That's, just... that's a thing with him. Yeah, he he uh, would always pay the check, and if people disagree with him, he would physically remove them. That's hilarious. Even fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Shit, man. Yeah. That's cool. It's a pretty fun story. Um, he appeared in a commercial for a Canadian beer called Labbit Light, which I only bring up because it's, it's one of the times that he was in something. But um, that famous picture is him holding a Molson's can, which is a Canadian beer, and Labbit Light is also a Canadian beer. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. This is him talking about it. Oh, this is the French part. Great beer taste. That's what got me. It's a great light beer. Got it? 
It's because of its great taste. Great light beer. He still doesn't get great taste. Look, we we'll love it light, Buck. Whatever got you guys. We we'll love it light. You got it right. Great taste in a great light beer. Have you noticed how <laughs> the light? You got it right. What? I can't do the voice. I can't fucking do it, dude. But that's his uh that's his beer stuff, so an alcoholic doing beer commercials, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, it's in the 80s that he starts uh, suffering from major physical problems, back and knee problems, a uh, few surgeries here and there. Bummer. Just uh, constant pain. He develops uh, Dunlap's disease. What's Dunlap's disease? Uh, it's when the stomach Dunlaps over the belt. <laughs> nice. He's getting fat. Yeah. 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 Helping you out here. Thanks, pal. <laughs> uh, he starts. Uh, he starts in 1986. He starts filming Princess Bride, and he's so popular that the WWF actually write his absence into the storyline. So Big John Studd is like, "Hey, come fight me! I'm the new. I'm the giant," and he doesn't show up for a for a fight, so he gets disqualified. Technically. Right. And then suddenly this mysterious tag team from Japan appears called the Machines. And there's the giant machine and the super machine. And it's guys wearing masks, but nobody knows who they are. <laughs> and it's like clearly Andre with a tiny Andre. mask on. He can't even fit his whole face probably. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Oh, man. Um, he also gave his dick a mask. I, I know everybody was curious about that. That was. Dickie's like, give, so. give me one too. And um, it matched. The masks, um, it's not important to his timeline. It is my personal favorite of his wrestling career, just because the insanity of it. it. What is it? You should just look it up. So it's like, I don't want to go too much into it, but Big John Studd is in a tag team with a guy named Hong Kong Bundy, uh, or King Kong Bundy, and they're called the Heenan family, and they want to be the best, and these masks appear, and everyone's like, who are they? Yeah. And they give these ridiculous interviews where, the giant doesn't talk, but super giant talks, and he's clearly a man from New Jersey doing a Japanese accent. Oh my god! Talking about how his master sent him to America. Oh boy! <laughs> and they they fight people, and everyone's like, "Who is the mask?" And they're they're I mean, they don't expect anyone to not get it. Yeah. But that's what's awesome about old school wrestling, where it's, it's tongue in cheek and just, ridiculous. Yeah, you it's just ridiculous. Keep going with it, even you though just go with it. Everybody knows, but we're gonna keep on pretending that we're nobody just does. doing this. And uh, in response to that, the uh, Big John Stud tag team suddenly disappears, and a new tag team called uh, the Mechanics from Korea appear, and they wear paper bags on their head. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and, and they fight. They fight the masks, and it just. It's insanity, and in response, other wrestlers find it fun. So suddenly there's a mysterious wrestler named Hulk Machine. Oh, my God. One called, Who's that? I, I actually couldn't figure that out in my research. <laughs> there's one called Piper Machine who came out wearing a kilt for some reason. Hmm. It's just, that shit is hilarious to me. It They're, got popular, and then everybody started doing it, and it doing kept what working. Yeah. And so, yeah. Like, I, I haven't watched wrestling in a long time, but from what I remember back then... It's just extreme violence and extreme characters, but it's not fun. Yeah. This is fun. This is goofy. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. Well, now we're into 1987, which is his goddamn year. So in 1987, it starts off kind of a bummer because he has his uh, biggest back surgery that he ever had 
his life his back is fucked up bummer and they have a special table made where it's actually two tables bolted together and special tools are made so the doctor can fuck with his back there's an anecdotal but unproven story that i kind of believe where the anesthesiologist couldn't decide how much to use on him yeah so he actually gauged it based off of his drinking it's like how much do you drink in a day and after he told me he's like fuck he's like i'm gonna need more uh, Bring in some more! <laughs> All of it! Yep. Get, yeah, more. Yeah, and it, uh, unfortunately that happened. Well, this is, uh, during his back surgery recovery is when he's doing a lot of his Princess Bride stuff. Yeah. And then 18, 1987, Princess Bride comes out, which is a big deal. I fucking, it's adorable. It's a great movie. Adorable and cute. It's I haven't a, seen it in ages, but I remember it being awesome. Well, I hadn't seen it, so I watched a few clips, and a lot of it came rushing back. The, um, the what is it, the, the rodents that... The rats that are, yeah, the God uh, damn unusual... It. What's the, the rodents of unusual size. Yeah. That's right. I can't remember the acronym. I suck. And then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an Ingo Montoya. You uh, kill anybody want a peanut? Yeah. Six-fingered man. You got the savage boy who's the kid that's in the beginning that's getting the yeah, story read to but him. That, Everybody's in this. Yeah, Fred Savage and then uh, the guy who was slowly treating his body for poison so he was yeah. There's a lot of just fun shit in that it's movie. Six-fingered man, yeah. Well, the guy who wrote it, William Goldman, uh, actually wrote it as a novel and Rob Reiner approached him for a script and he was like, help me write the script. So they wrote Fezzik in uh, based on Andre the Giant. So, oh, that's cool. So he was like... He's the, he was initially, from the whole time, they're like, this has to be that's Andre. That's badass. Yeah. And Andre was a little nervous because he's like, I can't... Right now I'm recovering from surgery. I can't do much. Like when he was Giant Machine, he wasn't wrestling. Yeah. He was tag teaming with other machines. He was just trying to keep his face around... Well, his name around. <laughs> his Giant <laughs> Machine. But yeah. He's just trying to stay relevant. So they were like, that's fine. We'll figure it out. So anytime you see him doing anything on that movie, he is both in extreme pain... Oh. And not actually. Say, he catches them when they jump out of the window. Yeah, when he catches the princess, Which she's sure on wires. Let's say I was, I'm sure they probably cut it so it's a lot shorter of a distance of him catching. Not yeah, out of a window. I obviously, saw that. it looks like she falls for quite a while. Yeah, and then lands gracefully. He's like, "Hello, lady." Probably just holding her at that point. Just <laughs> all right. Now she's landing. That's it. Hello, lady. She's actually on wires when he's holding her. Like he can't even hold her. Ah, oh, poor guy. I don't know what one fifteen that she is or whatever one twenty. Yeah, little lady, he he couldn't hold any weight. I'm sure holding up his own weight of if having a back surgery that's that serious. Oh he's my a god, big guy. Could you imagine the weight on his knees? Oh man, Jesus Christ. Well, after his back heals up, and this is not smart, and uh, everybody thought so, but he wanted to sort of move the crown over of the guy who never gets beat in the biggest name of wrestling. He was like, I can't do it anymore, so he agreed to let Hulk beat him. Really? Now, that was implied. He never said that. Uh. This is the story. The story is he told Hulk, well, he was approached for WrestleMania 3, and Vince said, we want, we're thinking about Hulk winning. We know you're in trouble. You're in bad shape. And Andre was sort of like, yeah, I don't know if I can keep doing it at this level. Maybe it's a good idea if Hulk wins. I don't know. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So this is billed as the biggest match in wrestling history, and it probably is, to be honest. Um yeah. If you're Hulk a, versus... a wrestle scholar like me, yeah. 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 This is the shit. Hulk versus Andre. Yeah. This is Fezzik versus uh, the guy from Rocky Three. How, how, what's bigger I didn't than even that? know he was in Rocky Three. That's still blowing my mind. I don't even. Anyways, doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah has anyone seen how Rocky? How many Rockies are there? I mean, there's only two that matter. 
And even then, I haven't seen those since I was uh, 10. Really little. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Well, this is billed as the greatest goddamn thing of all time. It's the biggest baby faces fighting each other. Well, this is the first time that Andre went full heel. So when you turn heel in wrestling, that means you become a bad guy. He turned. He turned heel. So what made him the bad guy? Was there something specific, yeah. or is it just like I'm so, now bad? Well, well, Rowdy Roddy Piper had a a show during the show where it was like an interview show <laughs> called Piper's Pit. Okay, this is more of the fantastic insanity of old wrestling, mm-hmm. where mostly he would sit down with a microphone and pretend to be a talk show host, and the wrestlers would scream at each other and fight. Nice, it's just Jerry Springer. Yeah, but so Hulk <laughs> was talking about on Piper's Pit how he. Uh, would like that he is the uh, heavyweight champion of the world because Andre didn't try and defend at the last WrestleMania. Sure. And uh, he said, and then Andre said, uh, well, yeah, sure, but you're not unbeaten for the last 15 years like me. And Hulk was like, well, that's not really what I'm getting at, but, uh, well, you know. And so Andre got mad and ripped the Hulk shirt off and the Hulk oh cried. Oh, God. He it, cried? He actually cried. Oh, my God. And according to Hulk Hogan, actually cried why my hero turn heel (laughs) it's like you're making this interview about you you dipshit i think (laughs) the man is dead and you're talking about Uh, how fuck you hulk Hogan. (laughs) well he cries and so this sets up wrestlemania 3 heavyweight champions of the world yeah he cried he lost right he's not gonna that's embarrassing well he cried when when andre ripped his shirt off yeah and now it's on we're going to fight over the heavyweight champion. Oh, in the real world, that would just end there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you cried, and a you, big, a bigger guy ripped off your shirt, and then you cried. And there's not going to be a fight. You I don't lost. I don't think right. there's any coming back from that, <laughs> even if you are Hulk Hogan. You go home and you delete your Facebook page. You Yeah. You, all the shirts that look like the one he ripped off, you throw away, yeah. divorce your wife. That's it. You just live in the backyard now. <laughs> Well, these matches, you know, how much they're planned out uh, is back and forth. Like, literally, if it's not a huge card fight, they're not, like, the winner's not decided. They just go out there and they sort of play around. And, sure. And one of them is kind of like, okay, that's fine, you know, because this doesn't affect my career. Right. Big fights like this are always decided before. Yeah. And maybe even some of the moves, sometimes not. It kind of depends. In this case, because Andre's back was so fucked up, the whole opening segment was point by point planned out because they didn't want Hulk to hurt Andre. Right. But who was going to win? This goes back to Andre never loses. Andre refused to say I'm going to lose. Yeah. He did say maybe I should stop, maybe Hulk should win. And yeah. everyone was like, uh, well, I mean like in another match with me cuz I never lose. No. Yeah, he should he should win someone else. Yeah. I'm the giant. So it's not like it's kind of a, <clears throat> he's done, but he doesn't want to have to be losing well, the match. Well, and even Vince McMahon said, I didn't know. He, he should have, they should have I had I own the goddamn corporation. He wouldn't tell me what was going to happen because he's like, you just don't tell the giant what to do. And, Damn, dude. And he's like, well, on the one hand, real life shit. He knew he needed to maybe take it easy. Maybe he wanted the Hulk to go and he was just dicking off with him like, I don't know. Maybe I'll win. Maybe I won't. And, and then he thought, but maybe he was actually conflicted because maybe he felt this was like a retirement style thing. Maybe yeah. he didn't really know. He wouldn't know until the until you know push came to shove. Well, um, I recommend looking it up. It's on the internet. It is WrestleMania three. Are you not going to tell me who won? Oh, I'm going to tell you everything. <laughs> 
in front of 93,000 fans in the Pontiac Silverdome, Michigan. Wait, Michigan? Of all the places. How do you feel about that? If Andre wasn't there, <laughs> none of this would have happened in my timeline. Yeah. This is actually, as far as I know, one of the only things that's ever happened in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Other than rampant rapes and just dust. Yeah. Lots of dust, crying babies from the distance, <laughs> um, wandering hordes of white people. <laughs> yeah. But at one point, the Pontiac Silverdome was built by non-Michigans, Michiganites, mm. and they planned this event there. And so you're sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. In front of ninety three thousand people, you say? Yeah, it's a big amount. Shit, yeah, yeah. So the uh, the fight goes. They, you know, they're smacking each other like they do usually. It's always that weird chest slap. It it's looks funny. Of, it doesn't look like it. It doesn't. It, it feels like even with fake acting, you could make it look better, but they don't. <laughs> yeah. They just, Ugh, yeah, Ugh, Ugh. and the other guy goes, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> so they're smacking. Uh, Hulk tries to slam Andre, but can't lift him up and falls backwards, and Andre lands on top of him and almost pins him. Two count. What? Andre thrashes him around, punches him, headbutts him, knocking him around. Uh, the Hulk is just crawling across the ring, just, ah, ah. The Hulk can't lose. I'm the, no, I'm trying to Hulk up, I'm trying to Hulk up. Um, Andre just saunters around the ring with that smirk on his face. He uh, does his patented butt slam, which if you've ever seen that, he, uh, he gets a guy into the corner and just rams his ass into their chest. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen this, actually. Yeah. yeah, I think other people just have done that. Just a hard hit into just, the... Yeah. Here you go. How do you like that? <laughs> it's embarrassing for you. The Hulk's... The giant's farting. <laughs> um, well, uh, Andre picks him up and does his uh, bear hug, which is one of his bigger moves where he... Wraps around a guy and he bear hugs him. Right. And it zaps their energy. Sure. So the way that you pin somebody when you do a bear hug is the ref lifts their arm up and it goes limp. That's a one count. So the the ref lifts up uh, the Hulk's arm and he goes limp. He's like, oh, one. Lifts up the second time and it goes limp. He's like, oh, two. And he lifts it up and it goes limp almost all the way. It stops midair. Fist comes in the air. Hulk starts shaking. Oh, Hulk it up. And he starts headbutting Andre, and uh, I think I've seen this scene. It's fucking fantastic for all the insane pageantry and nonsense that's built up to this. Yes, where this gigantic human being uh, allows the Hulk to uh, to beat him up. Well, according to Hulk, at this point, you know they run around, they actually get out of the ring, and Hulk tries to pile drive him and shit like that, and Andre gives him an Irish whip and some other shit, and. Uh, Andre, in the ring, tells the Hulk, he's like, slam me. And, and Hulk's like, what? Okay, so he lifts him up, slams him. One, two, three count. Andre's pinned. Fuck. Only time. And at least according to Hulk, it was by, uh, you know, it was by Andre's call. That's pretty crazy. So did he also say the same afterwards? Like, Andre never talked about it, man. Andre mm-hmm. literally I mean, it like said he... that it was real. Well, and... He said this shit. Yeah, he's keeping up with it. But Every you gotta time, think man, he's he a had to have, He had to have let him because let's be honest, he You don't slam a guy like that. Yeah. And especially if they're gonna be careful with his back, he was giving him permission, I imagine, exactly. to be like, All right, let's do this carefully, do well, it. Well, and according to Hulk, and again, I put an asterisk on that, 
Hulk likes to talk about himself, but according to him, most yeah. of these moves were pl- planned out by Hulk to accommodate Andre's body. Well, it makes sense. I mean, in my opinion, as somebody who, if you were a fan of Andre, it'd been cool for him to go out by winning and then not ever fighting again. Yeah. But as far as you know, the franchise goes and wrestling and promotion and all that mm-hmm. shit, have the guy who's going to continue going on be the new winner so they can make yeah, money he, and promote. Exactly. He, his career is going to keep going, give him that boost. Yeah. And that was one thing that a lot of people said about Andre was that he was happy to boost a guy. It's like, like the last... He, you, you don't pin me, yeah. but I'll boost you up. I'll make you look really good in front of your I'm crowd buy or you whatever. dinner. Yeah. Call you cute. I'll call you really cute. And I'm going to boost you up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boost you. Huh? <laughs> Roar! <laughs> fuck! <laughs> well, and that, that's what's fun about this story is that, yeah, he would boost the guy, but he doesn't get pinned. And then I guess he had that, that sobering moment where he's like, fuck, I can't keep doing this. Yeah. I'll give it to my buddy Hulk. He's the big name. I'll let him have cool. it. And it is billed as the biggest fight in uh, wrestling history, um, other than uh, you know anything with mankind in it for me, anyway. Yeah. Or Texas Jack. Is that his name? Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack. Well, his uh, latter yeah. half of his wrestling career is kind of kind of a bummer. Uh, he doesn't really fight so much. He does a little bit. He runs around the ring. He smacks people. He kicks them. Can't really do anything too physical anymore. Um, there is a story from the 80s from a uh, Mexican wrestler named Bad News Brown on the Mexican circuit. The Andre would go down there a lot to get paid. You know, it was just a paycheck. But Bad News Brown said that um, Andre had a flatulence thing. He just liked to fart. He liked to fart on people. It's funny. He thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then one night he was doing his butt slam into Bad News Brown in a Mexican god awful somewhere and shit. All over him. <laughs> Is that for real? That's what he said. Oh my god, that's so rad. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so rad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh, are you okay? Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, bad News Brown is, seems like a nice guy because he's like, honestly, I think the guy just had food poisoning. I just felt bad for him, but. That's I nice of him. Immediately <laughs> threw up everywhere. <laughs> I mean, just ran into the shower. So wait, was his name Bad News Brown before this or after this? <laughs> oh man, it was Good News Brown before. <laughs> he's like, I'm never gonna be the same. Nothing will ever be the same. Shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man. Well, there's. Um, he bought a gigantic ranch in North Carolina, which is where he spends his time, a lot of his free time. Sort of a farm environment, like his old yeah. old, old time stuff. I grew he, up. Yeah. He built and then ordered a lot of very oversized furniture for his house so that he was, felt comfortable there. Big chairs, big bed. Shit, yeah. So that he didn't feel like a giant. Um, he actually apparently had a uh, shopping addiction to QVC. QVC, like the uh, TV? Yeah, <laughs> the TV shopping. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, you can picture Andre at two o'clock in the morning, just buying all that weird, crazy shit. shit on QVC. Like, could you imagine? Because you call that shit in back then. Yeah. So some guy by himself is trying to push some Tupperware, and oh, Tupperware, who is this? It's <laughs> the same guy that calls in like every night. You call in every night, yeah. Get yeah, the boss. magic wallet, magic wallet now. Oh, the magic wallet. Yeah, boss. Well, he also opens up a French restaurant in Montreal and just eats a lot there. Cool. Yeah. What do you, why wouldn't you? 
Uh, in 1988, he has a weird other thing you can look up that I think is fun with a guy named Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. Um, he just fights Hogan again, and uh, he's sort of full heel now. He's totally just a bad guy. Yeah. He doesn't really do good guy stuff anymore. Mostly sporadic events and tag team stuff where he doesn't actually have to fight because it's the other guy. Yeah. Um, there's uh, other fun... Fun stories that he still does where he's mostly more into narrative stuff now where he's sort of silly. You know, he gets in a fight with the manager, Bobby Heenan, and beats him up. And there's, like, this one point where he's unsigned, according to his narrative, and a bunch of managers approach him, and one is like, I want to be your manager, and he throws him <laughs> off of, a like, a step, a thing of stairs. Yeah. Another guy comes up, and I want to manage him, and he throws him into the trunk of a limousine. And then a lady manager comes up and is like, I want to manage you. And he turns her around and spanks her for being a bad girl. Of course. That makes sense. Reg- regular stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> and he starts fighting or wrestling in Japan again. That footage is hard to see because it's like eight or nine little uh, Japanese guys just smacking him. And he's just sort of rumbling around the ring. He's still slowed down and not doing much, right? Not, honestly, just sauntering around. Yeah. And you can see he's kind of keeping his back straight. He doesn't really fall over a lot. I mean, he's got diabetes now and shit. Bummer. He's just wobbling around. I don't know why he didn't quit. To be totally honest, when you watch that footage from the late 80s, you're like, dude, just go home. Yeah. Like, I know you enjoy all of this. I know. Mm-hmm. The adoration, the be on the road, but fuck, dude, just go lay down. Yeah. Go be a dad. Well, in 1992, his father back in France passes away. He flies back there for the funeral. Hangs out with his family and some old friends in his old town bar. Did he hang out with his family much during all this time before? No. They really reported that he sort of checked in occasionally, but not so much. Yeah. No. Um, There's a convenience store in his old town of Molien where old uh, local people play cards. He just went back there and started playing cards with them, drank several bottles of wine. Everyone was like, hey, it's still good old Andre. Uh, and he went back to his hotel, back to his hotel in Paris, and uh, for the night, and had plans to meet his mother for lunch. He doesn't show up. It's late afternoon. Still doesn't show up. The hotel staff get into his room. He's passed away in his bed from uh, congestive heart failure. Oh, sucks. And he is forty-six years old. Damn, as young, young as fuck. A little bit further than what the doctor said. A touch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, Consider his lifestyle. It should have been much earlier, man. Yeah. He's a fucking monster. Well, and per his uh, his will, his ashes were scattered on his the property on his ranch, and um, that's Andre, man. I mean, all told, he they say he fought in over a thousand matches, and you know, per recorded history, he only lost once. I mean, that's cool. You don't count disqualifications or other markets. He never lost. Um, he's actually the first inductee into the. WWE Hall of Fame. They Honor. actually created it to honor him. They're like, hey, Andre died. Let's make this a thing. That's badass. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, future president. Oh, boy. Okay. Look out. <laughs> he actually met him when he was five years old, and he still carries that around with him. Um, Dwayne, Dwayne met uh, Andre when mm-hmm. Dwayne was five? Yeah, when he was five, and he still carries that memory around with him. Pretty That's cool. He cherishes it. Sure. Yeah. He did not see Andre's giant dick the dick the dick is still around actually he's in a jar in a museum dicky dicky you can go ask him and knock on the glass and he'll wake up what do you want 
and he'll say, do you guys remember the time that you met The Rock? And Dickie would go, hell yeah! And he'd be like, so did you, I mean, you didn't show yourself The Rock, because that would be inappropriate, because he was a child. And he's like, I tried, bitch! And you're like, I'm going to leave now. You're, this is weird. This is strangely aggressive. Even for a dick. <laughs> I mean, you're flaccid. What are you so excited about? And Dwayne, uh, the future president, doesn't recall. Doesn't recall <laughs> none of the dick stuff. I asked him on Twitter. <laughs> he did not respond to me. Yeah. Um, well, I did want to mention. We kind of talked about it a little bit, but uh, Jake the Snake sort of painted being Andre in a good way. Um, yeah. Just imagine being his size on a fucking plane, trying to dial a phone. He apparently used a pencil to hit the buttons on the phone because he couldn't hit them fingers too big couldn't couldn't learn to play the piano or any of that shit couldn't fit in a regular taxi revolving doors he had to like sync up and like baby step through damn um all that shit and he um you know he he wasn't he wasn't happy about that and it's you know the sense is that he was uh self-medicating yeah. Yeah, and he said, "Oh, go ahead." I was going to say that sucks cuz I mean I don't want to make it sound like people shouldn't do anything about it, but what can you do? It's it's not as common as some other scenarios where we're like, "Okay, we make rare. some ramps, right? That's easy enough for if you're in a wheelchair. Well, we we can accommodate that." But Gi- if you got only a couple people walking around the world that are who require you know, giant seven rights. 7 foot, yeah. Not regular size rights, giant rights. Giant rights. And we'd have to extend all doorways and all cars to accommodate them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer because there's just not like not well, a lot you can do. And he never advocated for that because, yeah, I think he realized yeah, it doesn't come up that much. scenario. Well, he said, quote, Well, boss, it's sometimes a hard life. Uh, many times I have to ride for several hundred miles in the front seat of a car and my back and neck always get so stiff. Uh, you, you have seen it, boss. I must bend my neck, hold my head down between my shoulders to be able to ride it all the way in a car. And I can't see out very well, of course, and so I feel squeezed together. And, you know, people never really seem to realize that I might get tired of being asked how tall I am or how much I weigh. So many damn questions. That's why I go to restaurants in the middle of the afternoon or late at night. I want to be polite and make a nice impression, but sometimes it's hard. And I I would give very much money to be able to spend one day per week as a man of regular size. And I would shop. Um, and I would go to the cinema and drive around a sports car and walk down Fifth Avenue and stare at other people for a change. Uh, another beer, please, boss. Shit, man. <laughs> it's a quote from an interview with him. Yeah, that's uh, he. Uh, that's pretty crazy. I mean, this is kind of, I mean, especially in his scenario, but this is kind of how I see most celebrities is that. That too. Most people just want to go out and just, I mean, I'm sure they get the same fucking hundred questions every single time. And, you know, I'm sure they want to also be super nice and... For me, as a non-celebrity person, I've got bad days as it is, and then mine isn't published. So I can only imagine as being a celebrity who's also has a condition that sucks to like. Where you have to go around scenarios where you don't fit very well into doorways and stuff. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Well, and even comfortable. If you're a celebrity, you could wear sunglasses and grow a beard. But even if people don't watch wrestling, you see that motherfucker walk in a room. You're yeah. You're curious. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it ever stopped with him. And could you imagine days you go into work and you don't want your fucking coworkers to ask you a goddamn thing? I will scream at your. Oh, I will. <laughs> there are mornings where I get asked, "Good morning." I'm like, "The fuck it is." Yeah. Yeah. And oh yeah. How's your morning going? I will shut up. Someone have a case of the Monday. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking light this whole place down. I'm gonna kill you, boss. 
Well, uh, he did say, though, you know, he wasn't complaining. He was just saying his life was tough. He did say, you know, I'm not supernatural. I am just what God gave me, and I'm going to use it to make a living. I don't, I don't think the motherfucker wanted pity. Um, yeah. He knew he wasn't going to live long. He said, fuck it, and just went all out. And I, I salute Shit, him yeah. for that. Um, there's a biopic being made on him, which is based on the graphic novel that was written with his daughter's help. Oh, it's called Closer to Heaven. Okay, yeah. And there's another um, graphic novel called uh, Legendary Life, which people seem to hate. Really? Yeah. And the only other thing I had was that the Obey brand, the skater brand of... Uh, Obey as his face. It's his face. Yeah, the artist who did it. I say artist uh, loosely because I, I don't give a shit about this guy. I watched a whole documentary on him, by the way. Yeah. Oh. He's a, yeah, I give well, a shit about that guy. He stole Andre's image. Yeah, so he took a picture of Andre, and he didn't even know why he did the word obey. He just was like, yeah, it seemed like a fit, like, Should have said boss. Yeah. I'd buy that shit. Yeah, and that guy's now got a whole marketing thing based around it, and he didn't. Fuck that guy. He's not an artist. Let's just let's just say that. Let's just leave that out there. Anyways. Well, this has been Andre the Giant. Um, what a rad dude. I'm a wrestling nerd. Well, for the old shit. I don't watch the new shit. Yeah. Just back when it was pageantry. Insanity. Yeah. Love it. Blood and guts, man. Glory. Yeah. Fucking love Andre the Giant. I really do. He seems like a genuine guy. Alcoholic. Eh, that's me too, though. What are you going to do? Happens. Hey, we're all having a good time. <laughs> I might make it past 46. I don't know. Well, shit. Uh, I love this episode. Good people time. Make sure you fucking subscribe. All of Like. You. Do all the stuff. You don't want to miss any more episodes. If you have a relative who is a little larger than the rest of your relatives, ask them to give us a review. Yeah. Go check us out on Facebook. We're on Twitter. God damn it. We're everywhere. We're and on Instagram. If you uh, want us to do a person. Hey, give us a shout out. We will do. We have a list of people that we're doing from requests already. We're not Come kidding. on in. We're not kidding. We'll goddamn do it. Hey, if you want a fucking t-shirt, we'll give you a fucking t-shirt. You with want the, a shirt? With uh, Andre the Giant's dicky on there with his little machine mask yeah. on. Saying... Eh, fuck you, bitch! What we should do is we should get we should make underwear with people's faces <laughs> that we've done. <laughs> you want some awesome underwear? You want some Madame Curie panties? Yeah. Oh boy! <laughs> I realize this might end up Wright Brothers panties. This might end up being a little bit more degrading than up. I thought. I'm already making them in my mind. <laughs> I'm putting them in my mouth. Yeah. Let us know. We'll send that shit out. Put it on Facebook that you want a T-shirt, and we'll give you one. I love you. On- Hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out. Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I feel like such a fucking nerd right now.